Welcome into the postseason uh, baseball edition of the Sports Block Podcast here. Nathan Sacken alongside my good friend and co-host, sports director at KORN Radio in Mitchell, South Dakota. It's Travis Grins. Travis, how are we doing this week? Doing great. It's 93 degrees here. That doesn't sound great for this time of the year. No, it's, it's not bad because it's not humid out. So it is... It is all right. You go outside, it's nice and warm. There's no bugs. Uh, it's not humid out. I don't, I don't mind 90 degrees in October compared to 90 degrees in June, July, or August, or September, which I don't like. So, well, it's, yeah. it's supposed to be in the 50s and 60s here. Yeah. Middle or end of the week here. We got a cold front moving through Tuesday night, so that'll be... Good. Uh, it shouldn't affect the Twins and their postseason. Uh, it'll be a, a warm one Tuesday. It'll be a cool one on Wednesday. But uh, don't think there should be any rain, which is good. Yeah. You never know what you can get in October. Yeah, it's supposed to be 55 on Friday here. Um, 90s today and then like lows of 32. Holy cow. Friday night. So... That's going to be a chilly one. Are you calling a game for uh, for Mitchell this week? Yeah, we have to go to Watertown. So we'll, we'll wear some long sleeves. I'm sure. Going up to Watertown. Now, you did get a win against Spearfish uh, this last week, correct? So Yeah. There you go. Uh, should Are you going to beat Watertown this week? Unlikely. Unlikely. All right. Very good. Well, you know who else got off the schneid this week? The Minnesota Vikings. Uh, 21-13 winners over the Carolina Panthers. I have to admit, this was... I was more frustrated by this game than I had been the other three because the offense wasn't in sync, wasn't in rhythm. This was by far Kirk Cousins' worst game of the year. Uh, They ran the ball effectively, and with four minutes to go in the game, they have a chance to run the, the, the clock out here. You get nine yards on a first down... And it's second and inches, and I know you have a backup center in, but why don't we just sneak it with Cousins or have him go under center and hand it off? Shotgun handoffs on second and one, second and inches. It, I, I get infuriated with this in in college football, too, where it's inside, like you have less than a yard to go, and you go shotgun to get a yard. It's the stupidest thing ever. The Vikings ended up having, uh, they lost a couple yards, and Cousins threw an incomplete pass to Jefferson, and it, I mean, he had no chance of even catching that. Fortunately, Harrison Smith and Marcus Davenport saved the day. The Vikings win 21-13, to so uh, a good win to get off the schneid. Defense looked great. I'm very, I think this Marcus Davenport, like when, when Marcus Davenport plays, I think this defense can be very, very effective with a pass rush. And now uh, we'll see what they get with Kansas City here this week. Are you? Uh, do you get excited during the games, before the games? Do you get excited for these games anymore? Yes, I do. I I, I do still more get excited. Still get excited more 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 so during the game. It's because I get frustrated, and then I'm relieved when it's done. Because I you know I didn't watch much. We went to Brandon to see Melissa's. Aunts and her great aunt and uncle and some cousins and stuff. Mm-hmm. We went to Slim Chicken in uh, Sioux Falls, and I got I saw Jefferson's touchdown, and then we got to Brandon, and first thing I see is the defensive touchdown. Mm-hmm. 
And I see uh, another Jefferson touchdown. Mm-hmm. And then that's... And I came home like I didn't have to watch the game because I saw three. Uh, I saw the three touchdowns. I saw the last minute of the game. I'm like, all right, I saw what I need to see. I don't need to sit through an hour and a half fast forwarding commercials. Yep. So it it was very frustrating, especially you know the defense on their first drive of the game. It seemed like Carolina was just taking it to them. They weren't fighting uh, to make tackles or anything like that. Finally, things stiffened up inside the ten. Inside the goal-to-goal situation, which was great to see. The defense played really well all week. And I got to admit, I'm cautiously optimistic that they can... Okay, I shouldn't say cautiously optimistic. But come next week, when we we talk here, and we do the next edition of the podcast, it would not surprise me if we were talking about a Viking victory here. If that pass rush can get after Patrick Mahomes and be as effective as they were... Sunday against the Panthers. Now, I admit, it's a far cry from uh, playing a rookie like Bryce Young to going against the Hall of Famer Patrick Mahomes. But if you saw any of that Chiefs-Jets game Sunday night, Mahomes looked as mortal as we've ever seen him. He did not play a great game. If you can get a pass rush on Jawan Taylor, and honestly, I would just attack Jawan Taylor at all times because he gets penalties more than any other offensive lineman in the NFL got penalized a couple of times on uh, on Sunday night. One of them was a safety that led the Jets rally uh, in in the game. And so if I'm the the Vikings, I attack Jawan Taylor. And if I'm the Chiefs, I release Jawan Taylor after this season because he's just been absolutely dreadful. Um, But if you can generate a, a pass rush on him, the offense isn't going to play that bad. They're running the ball really effectively. I liked Cam Akers the little bit that I saw of him in there. I think he's going to be a really effective piece to this offense. And I just don't expect the offense to be that bad again. So, again, I'm going to still pick the Chiefs to win. But it's not going to shock me at all if next week when we're talking, if we say, hey, the Vikings beat the Chiefs here because the Chiefs haven't looked all that great and the Vikings, maybe the defense, uh, now that they're getting a little healthier with Davenport in there, uh, can can do something. Because Harrison Smith had three sacks on Sunday, including a forced fumble that led to the, the forced fumble that DJ Wanham recovered and ran for the go-ahead touchdown. Like that's what we expect from the Brian Flores defense, and that's why I think it's so encouraging. You know, I like this defense because. They get. They haven't gotten home a ton, but you can tell that they're at least trying. They're not sitting back, and that's the great part. I'd be shocked if they win. Like if if they didn't win yesterday. Oh, the season's done. I would have said, like, when are they going to win? Yeah. I feel like are they going to be zero nine? They got the Chiefs. They're at Chicago. They host San Francisco. They're at Green Bay. They're at Atlanta. Like when the road games are far more winnable than the home games right now. That's yeah, the, but that Carolina is one of the five worst teams in football. You would say one of the five worst offenses in football. Yes. Yep. And it's, and again, it comes down. What does it come down to? The last fucking minute. Yep. And like I, I don't get excited at all, even during the game. Like what? When you watch this, and every game is the same, and this is now year two of this, mm-hmm. and all four games have come, come down to the final minutes, and this one did as well. 
and you're just waiting for Carolina to get a touchdown to potentially tie it up. Yep. And I said that stat a couple weeks ago when they lost like 50-some games in a row when Carolina in the fourth quarter. I'm like, well, this is going to be the one where they don't, where yeah. they actually yep. Yep. come back and win, but they couldn't. Yeah, it's a yeah, worst offensive performance, but then they win win to the win yesterday. I, you know, it's... At least they're not the Bears who blew a 28-7 lead to the Denver Broncos and in the in the second half no less Justin Fields was playing out of his mind like absolutely fantastic and then he f- has a crucial fumble in the fourth quarter that uh, the Broncos pick up a scoop and score tie the game up then Matt Eberflus the dumbass decides to forego a 35-yard field goal that would have given the Bears a 31-28 lead. Instead, he uh, calls timeout and then sends the offense back out for a fourth and one. It gets stuffed. Again, they go shotgun here. I tell you, I hate shotgun on fourth and one. Just sneak it for crying out loud. Uh, The Broncos and then uh, Fields throws an interception on the Bears' final possession, but the Bears look like an absolute joke. However, they could land the first and the second overall pick because if the season were to end today... And it doesn't. But they would hold the first and the second overall picks because only them and the Panthers are winless in the NFL. And the Panthers sent the Bears their uh, 2024 first-round pick to move up to number one this uh, past April for Justin or for uh, for uh, Bryce Young. So uh, the Bears are sitting on a potential gold mine here, but yet somehow I'm sure they will still screw it up. Seems like the further we've evolved, the, the more we've like we've gone backwards with shotgun and not running the football and short yardage situations and quarterback sneaks and seems like the bad dumb teams don't do this and it shows and they don't pick up these third and shorts, fourth and goals, fourth and ones. Mm-hmm. Instead of just kicking a field goal, instead of just going for it, and you've got Justin Fields and he can run the ball, and I don't, yeah, none of it makes sense to me. They got what they're at in Washington next week or Thursday night. I think they're beating the Vikings next. You do? Okay, I'm. I'm not. Gonna, I'm going to say no. I don't. They, they need to prove it. I hope they don't, because this would be the game that the Vikings inevitably would let them. Win. I will hope that that's not the case. Uh, the Commanders took the Eagles to overtime, uh, ultimately losing 34-31. Uh, Riverboat Ron had a chance to win the game late. They score a touchdown with no time remaining, and instead of going for two in the win, they kick the extra point. Riverboat Ron, the Ron Rivera, the head coach of Washington, has been known in the past to be aggressive with these play calls. Um... And then they they ended up winning the toss in overtime and, and didn't move the ball at all and had to punt it away and the Eagles kick a game-winning field goal. But um, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm always one that kind of says, okay, if I'm being, you know, I'd rather, like, get to overtime rather, you know, because I, I feel more sure about an extra point. I guess it depends on who my kicker is. But... If I'm Washington and I could potentially steal a game on the road at Philly, and I know Philly's you know very good. If I, if my team is not very good, 
I, I think I would have rolled the dice and gone for two there. I'm not doing dumb shit like Brandon Staley does, uh, which he did. He was up to his old bag of tricks again on Sunday, going for it from his own 34 this time with a quarterback with a busted hand um, who, who couldn't, like, hand the ball off or go in shotgun or whatever. Um, I, I But if I were Ron Rivera there, I think I would have gone for two in the win. I don't know how good the Eagles are. I don't either. They're not as good as last year yet. No. I picked Washington for the playoffs, so I'm liking that. Yep. Quarterbacks, not bad. Uh, defense pass rush is good. Mm-hmm. I just kind of look at it, it's... I get three-horse race. You got Dallas, San Francisco, and the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And my Lions, of course. Yes, yes, you're lying. We got uh, you know, Buffalo, Kansas City, and I, I picked Baltimore, so I got to put them in there. Mm-hmm. And but. Buffalo, wow, what a showing against the Dolphins. Uh, maybe the Dolphins should have banked some of those 70 points they put up against the Broncos for this uh, week against Buffalo. Uh, Josh Allen had more total touchdowns than he had incompletions in this game. Stephon Diggs, three touchdown catches. Yeah, people overreacted with the 70 points. And it's like, you know what? Like, Buffalo's still the best team in that division. You no, know, Miami, just, they just got to make the playoffs at this point. It's, you know, they're exciting when they're, when they're running like they do. But, you know, Buffalo, until proven otherwise, they're still the best team in that. And what turned out to be a pretty awful division with the Jets, how terrible they are. Well, they, that's not the Jets. I mean, that's it's because Aaron Rodgers got injured. It is. Bill Belichick <laughs> suffers his worst defeat as head coach uh, against, uh, you know, he loses 38-3 to to Dallas. I mean, Mac Jones was benched in the game. Like, that was just awful. Just an awful sh- look, an awful showing there by, by New England. I was going to say something about, like, the media telling us, about, uh, you know, like Colorado, the, the Buffaloes, and are they going to win more than three games? Well, of course they are, and they already have. They've won three games already. Then the Cardinals beat the Cowboys a week ago, and I don't know, I'm going to listen to these guys tell me what's going to happen, even though nobody had the Cardinals beating the Cowboys. Right. And, um, you know, we almost had the Jets beat the Chiefs, and you have upsets on a weekly basis. Yep. Uh, oh yeah, this team beat this team, and, and, and you know the uh, the analysis—it's a waste of time. You have, you have no idea. Zach, uh, what to look at happen. Not not Zach Taylor. Boy, I almost said Zach Taylor, but he's in a world of hurt too because Joe Burrow. Wow. I mean, the Bengals have scored no touchdowns in the first half of any of their four games yet this year. They've scored three points total in two games. The first, this last one on Sunday, and then the first, the opening game against Cleveland. Joe Burrow doesn't look like himself. He's in a world of hurt. So Zach Taylor, head coach of the Bengals, has a lot of work ahead of him. But Zach Wilson actually played somewhat decent on Sunday. And Chris Collinsworth was heaping praise upon praise on him. And I got to admit, that first drive of the third quarter, uh, Zach Wilson really looked the part of some very nice throws. Now, Grandy still had the fumble at the end, a few checkdowns. So we need to see this on a consistent basis. But... I think Sunday night against the Chiefs was by far the best game I've seen Wilson play this year. Or maybe in his entire career, I should say. I'm going to go back to Zach Purdy, or I guess Brock Purdy. I'll use his, his official name. 
Yes, yeah, I think I think it's okay to use Brock. Purdy. A couple of weeks ago, I remember seeing on Twitter it was Thursday night. San Francisco was playing the Giants, mm-hmm. and Zach Purdy, Brock Purdy, uh, Brock Purdy had a, like a bad first half, and he threw a couple of passes that should have been picked off but weren't. And there were people saying, "See, you know this, you know this is kind of what we're talking about here. It's not gonna, not gonna last. You know, not not great." And then the second half, he does fine, and then. Last week uh, against Arizona, he does fine. Yeah, twenty-one to twenty-two, I believe, right? Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, like it, it's just a double standard of, you know, he, he doesn't have any margin for error because he was the last pick in the draft, and Zach Wilson now getting a third year of chances for what I I don't know. Mm-hmm. Beat Buffalo Jets, almost beat the Chiefs. They lose to New England, so that makes a lot of sense. And Zach Wilson didn't play poorly, but again, 28 of 39 for 245 and two touchdowns. Yep. You throw it nearly 40 times, you still don't get 200 yards. Yep. Um, you know, that's, that's, about as, that's about as good as he can play, And but you need better than that to win. Yep. So. Well, there's a stat line, I guess, for Alvin Kamara uh, from Sunday. He had 13 catches for 33 yards. Not 13 carries for 33 yards. 13 receptions for 33 yards. I mean, that's that's at a whole new level of awful on offense. No, no, Derek Carr is kind of banged up with his shoulder. I don't know why he played on Sunday. I don't know. But he's still not – again, he's not good either. All these years with the Raiders and – They'd make the playoffs, but they made it a couple times. Yeah, I mean the Bucks look like the best team in that division. They you know, Baker Mayfield's three and one with them. Their lone loss was to the Eagles, and to be fair, everyone's beaten Eagles. And that I guess makes me again the Vikings should have beaten Tampa Bay that opening week of the season. No reason that they should have lost that game. But if you're looking at it, it's like okay, the Vikings lost. Like the Bucks are three and one. The Chargers have now won a couple in a row. Like, it's not, you know, they're not losing to terrible teams right now. Or maybe the Bucks are just the, the, the or maybe the Bucks are the wor- the, the best of the worst teams in that awful division. Because um, the Falcons come back down to earth. Did you see any of the, the Toy Story game? Yes, that's the thing I watched the most. Did, okay, did you like it? Uh, it lagged yeah. behind a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. We got Disney Plus because it's $1.99 for three months. And we're getting ready to go Sunday morning. And I don't have ESPN Plus. I'm like, I'm going to turn this on. When I watch it, I'm like, this, this is excellent. This is absolutely excellent. Do you like I don't it? care about anything anymore. Did you like it better than the Nickelodeon Slime Time game? What? Have you seen the Nickelodeon Slime Time games, like where they do the... Yeah, I've seen that. Seen that. That's fine. All the extras they do there. Yeah. Well, do you think the Toy Story one was better? Yes, because they're, they're characters, they're cartoons. It's like, oh my, they got the technology to get this done. You could, you could, in some aspects, you could see the ball better. You could see the field better. Yep. Because you could, because they're way smaller, and when they throw the ball, you could see where the ball was going to go, yep. and if the guy was open, based on in a real game, they just show the quarterback, and when he throws the ball, you have no idea where it's going to if the guy's covered. So, in some angles, <laughs> we're better. 
Slinky made for a great, like, knowing how far to go for a first down. Slinky Dog. What was that? Slinky Dog made for a great first down. Margaret, I didn't like, though, how sometimes it would have been, like, it was caught, but yet the ball was on the ground, uh, so you couldn't tell if it was incomplete or not. That was a little bit of an issue. I wish they would do this every week for a game. Yeah, it it was cool. Great. I, uh... Marks a little bit of the uh, second quarter and start of the second half. He had Duke Kaboom with his halftime show where he uh, had a big jump, the guy on the motorcycle. Yeah. That was, I thoroughly enjoyed the hell out of this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it, I think there's room for improvement in it. Just like I said, the, the leg was a little bit much for me. And there were a couple of times where it's like, okay, I can't tell if this is incomplete or a completed pass because the ball just goes down. But, uh, it was very cool overall, um, and I yeah I think I hope they do do it more often because it gets kids involved. Noah watched you know the the at least the first quarter before he went to Sunday school and then he came back and he's like, Dad, is the Toy Story game still on? Well, yes, it is, Noah. So you know he watched it. He, that's the whole point is to get kids watching it at an early age. Do a Taylor Swift type game. Do a do a Taylor Swift. I don't know what that would look like. But uh, put that out there for the folks. And, and of, help them along. A lot of blank space, perhaps. Oh, there you go. Good, good. Well, she had an entourage with her uh, on Sunday night. Ryan Reynolds was there. Wolverine, what, Hugh Jackman. and uh, Always. All of them. Yeah. Yeah, she was hanging out with Mama Donna again. Uh, Donna Kelsey was at both games. She hung out with the, 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 the Jake from State Farm. Not the original, but the, the, new, the new version. Oh, uh, he was at the Eagles Commanders game, and Donna Kelsey oh, was hanging out with him. Good, good, good for her. Good for her. So, I felt like Isaiah Pacheco scored a touchdown, so they had to show Taylor Swift. I'm like, that's not even the right guy. Yeah. Why? Noah Gray scored a touchdown. Let's go to t- uh, to, to Taylor What's Swift. What's Taylor think about uh, this touchdown? By this person, she has no idea who it is. Yeah. So that was ridiculous. So hopefully we're done with this crap. I think we might be. Hopefully she's at the Vikings. Well, well, we'll see. We'll see I if she's going to be there. I, I would doubt it too. It's not like Minneapolis is New York or anything like that. Vikings Chiefs, arguably one of the better games of the week here. You got Jaguars Bills uh, in London. That should be interesting. Uh uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah, that. I mean, oh, we do have the. Oh, uh, the Cowboys 49ers Sunday well, night. This game of the year, other than that. Yeah, Cowboys 49ers. That's that's the game Sunday night. Uh, we do have the uh, the Sean Payton Nathaniel Hackett Bowl. Uh, oh, great. Uh, on the same time as the 49ers in. Or uh, on the same time as the Chiefs Vikings. I, I believe the Jets will slaughter Denver. In that one, they are going to want to piss pound Sean Payton and company uh, for what they have said. So I I believe the Jets will just crush him. I don't think the Jets can. And I think that defense is going to be awful. And the the Broncos' defense clearly isn't good. So. Um, Cowboys San Francisco feels like the first big game of the year. Yes. Uh. Sunday night would have been, you know, for Chiefs Jets if Rodgers were playing. Yeah. But yes. What? What? What do you? Where do you? I, I made my intentions clear about the about, about Detroit. Where? 
You feel like they're going to be in the in the divisional round on the road playing, mm-hmm. playing either Dallas, Philadelphia, or San Francisco. I feel like that's their um, that's their ceiling this year is to get to the divisional round of the playoffs. I feel like they'll be the three seed at worst. With they'll be better than the South champion. Yep. Uh, we'll see. But it depends. Mm-hmm. Who's the who's the wild card that they would have to face? I mean, I, it doesn't matter. But it could be the Cowboys. It could be the Seahawks, who have already beaten the the Lions. Now, the, what the, the second or third wild card it could be. It could be Washington or Seattle or the Rams. I think, you know, Eagles, Cowboys, whoever does win that division will be the five seed. Mm-hmm. And then the six seed, I mean, the NFC looks just awful. Puka Nakua for the Rams. 39 catches through four games. Uh, having a hell of a season. Hell of a season. He's, he's the leader in the clubhouse for Rookie of the Year. Actually... C.J. Stroud has yet to throw an interception yet for the Texans. Uh, he's playing great. And the Texans appear to be not too far away from being a very competitive team uh, and winning division titles. Like, we thought this was maybe Jacksonville's division for a while, and Houston has, has shown, like, hey, nope, nope, we're, we're here now. We're going to make things interesting. C.J. Stroud uh, torched the Steelers' defense. Next three weeks, Houston plays the NFC South. Also, another dumb, another dumb scheduling thing where you play an entire division in three straight weeks. Well, the Cardinals opened their season with three straight games against the NFC East. Like, why do they do that? I, I don't know. I think they know. They know what they're doing. Now they run through millions of simulations through through AWS and. So let, 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 let's, uh, let's have you play one division for an entire month. And then, uh, of course, they've got the Titans uh, two out of the three weeks, and they're at the end of the season again. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, almost not every team has that, but a lot of teams have that where you don't play a division team until like week 13, 14, 15, and you'll see them twice. Yep. Twice in two weeks. Well, like so. the Vikings have it with the Lions. They yeah. finished the season yeah. Lions, Packers, Lions. Doesn't make any sense. Which it keeps. When I look at the Vikings, yeah, I can't. Again, I've been like five wins. I can't give you a win the rest of the way. I can't look at a game the rest of the way and say, "Yeah, they got that. That's a win." Well, I would. I would agree with that. But I would say that I would. I think they, they should be win. Win some of these, but. There is not. I, there is not an Arizona Cardinal. Game on. I mean, I think they'll beat the Bears. I think they're going to sweep the Bears this year again. Um, based on what we saw from the Packers last Thursday, I don't think the Packers are um, that big of a challenge. Atlanta has a lot of issues at quarterback. Um, what, what is it? If, if I could ask Kevin O'Connell, somebody on that team, say, what is it to where every game is close? No matter the opponent, no matter if you're playing Carolina or the Chargers, mm-hmm. no matter if you're playing Carolina or the Eagles, mm-hmm. what is it to where 
every game is close. Every game is one score game. Yep. You you play up and down your competition. It feels like you know your offense awful yesterday. What what is it with? Why why is that the case when you look at you know look at every week? There's at least a few teams that just beat the shit out of each other. Mm-hmm. Buffalo just stomps Miami. Mm-hmm. Ravens. I mean, Cleveland had their backup quarterback yet. Uh, Bengals are terrible. Uh, Saints backup quarterback. Steelers don't look very good. Cowboys just beat the shit out of everybody. It seems like except, except the Cardinals. So it's, I don't know what. I, I don't understand why every game has, and that, and that is what makes it not exciting for me because it's like. Shouldn't it be the opposite though? Because the games are always close. But 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 you, you watch it every time and it's always close. Yeah. At what point does it be like, well, we're, we're doing this again for like the the twentieth straight game? It's going to come down to the two minute warning. It's like just something happened, or it's not like it's like I've seen this before. Like this isn't exciting anymore. I got you. Yep. No, I, I get that. Like every every game comes down to the bottom of the ninth, and we're tied at four. It's like at one point I just want an eight to two game. Yep. I don't want every game to be a nail biter, and for me, that's just taking all the fun out of it. Where it's like if I know what I'm going to see every week, that's not fun. Part of the fun of the stuff is, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. Well, maybe this is going to happen, or maybe the Jets are going to beat the Chiefs. Like, wow, that was a stunner. Yep. Like you got the Seattle Giants tonight. Woof. Woof. I I'm gonna say the Giants win. Seattle's a two and a half point favorite. You would think just straight up Seattle's much better. Mm-hmm. Giants have looked awful, but it on the road in Monday night. None of it makes sense. Well, it's kind of uh, like you know after the Dolphins put up seventy on the Broncos. They have to go to Buffalo, and yes, Buffalo had been playing good, but I mean, this was a real big test. The Dolphins undefeated, and yeah. the Bills were a three-point favorite, and I think some people were like, huh, what? And then you feel like the Giants will play better, and they're at home. So, like, yeah, don't don't over overestimate. Well, they got blown out by the, by the Cowboys, and they were terrible in the first half versus Arizona. Mm-hmm. But with the Vikings, every game is close, and that takes the fun out of it. It's like, all right, I, I've seen this. This is this is old. I don't. I'm not. It's not like they're trying to. No, that's the thing about it. They can't. They just. They can't help themselves. Of uh, every game is close, and like, all right, well, another close game. They'll play the Chiefs. They'll either get blown out. Or they'll have it, and it'll be a minute to go, and they'll get the ball down but, seven, eight points. Like, well, if they, but are you saying you would rather lose forty-one to thirteen to Philadelphia? Like, I'd rather have that game be close. <coughs> I'd rather have that game be close. I'd like the wins to be blowouts. Yes, it's nice that it's close. But I'm not excited like you should be when the game's close. Like, oh man, we got a shot. This this would be exciting. Like, it's not. Like, the Chargers game should have been exciting. Like, oh, my God, they got it. 
20-yard line. They should win this game. A minute to go. There's no reason why they shouldn't win. I'm just looking at them like, I'm not, I don't feel anything at all. Like, oh, they're playing another game where it's going to come down to the final seconds. And Yeah, I, I, I saw that against Tampa Bay the previous week, and I saw that against every team last year. It's like, I don't know. I should be excited, but I'm not. So it's like, you want to get me excited? Get Caleb Williams. That, that, um, what what would get me excited? Caleb Williams would get me excited. Well, they can still get him. Because remember, great. The remember. I, I feel like, uh, yeah, the Bears... The Bears are in prime position to get him. But just remember, the, pay, the, 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 the Kansas City Chiefs were not the worst team. And if I recall correctly, Patrick Mahomes was the 10th pick. Trubisky went ahead of... Mahomes in that draft. You can get, you can trade up to get good quarterbacks, and still win games the previous year. You don't have to tank necessarily. I don't feel comfortable in this team's ability to say, "Oh, this guy's going to be good. Let's get him." Is is is, is Lewis Seen going to play in the NFL? Yes, he will. He's got a hamstring right now. Hamstring is hamstring. Andrew Booth Jr. Is he ever going to play? I hope so. Like, this draft from a couple years ago, not great. Nope. This past year's draft, not good. Whoa, whoa. I, I mean, Jordan Addison's been good. Mekhi Becton, or uh, Black, Mekhi Blackman's hasn't been that bad. Uh, Their best player is the undrafted linebacker guy. Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, Drake May would be nice. You know, there's a couple quarterbacks. Shadir Sanders? Who? Shadir Sanders, Dion's kid. Yeah, but yeah, he ain't coming out. Yeah, you never know though. Uh, speaking of him, yeah. it's like Caleb Williams. Whoever gets him is going to win a Super Bowl. Probably, probably. Yeah, I, I got a stat for you. There have been the stat was something like there's been 50, 60 some quarterbacks drafted in the last dozen years. Yep, and only one's won a Super Bowl, and that's Patrick Mahomes. Like, isn't that crazy? Yes. Because you got Brady and you got Stafford, and Mahomes has won some. Nobody, like, everybody's drafting that quarterback to win the whole thing, and it's literally never happened in 10 years. Mm-hmm. So, what a, what a, what a, a historically terrible looking draft. I mean, Caleb Williams makes such good throws. That game against Colorado, I mean, those sidearm throws that he makes. Is just incredible, and yet somehow USC blowing Colorado out in the second half of that game. What was it, forty-eight twenty? I mean, it was they were up big in that one. Was it forty-eight twenty-seven or something like that? And they let Colorado back into it. Part of that is you know Caleb Williams, you know, throws an interception. Now he's allowed to do that. Every once in a while, he still he had 403 yards through the air, six touchdowns, one interception, completed 75% of his passes. But it, it was 48-21 with just over two minutes to go in, th- in the third quarter. Colorado scores instantly after USC made it 48-21. And USC didn't score the entire fourth quarter. So... You tell me, like, why is that? It's not like Colorado's got a bad defense. So what is going on, like, with how does it all of a sudden just stop for Caleb Williams and USC? Uh, it was a good showing by Colorado that they were able to, you know, 
keep it somewhat close, though. I mean, USC was in control. They were comfortably ahead the entire game. Uh, so the final score looks a little closer than it actually was. But still, why wasn't Caleb Williams? Why? Where was that that uh, that kill factor? That that kill shot in the fourth quarter when they needed it? Like that that's a problem for USC. I feel like moving forward here this year. Their defense is a problem. But why? But, but their defense didn't. They they need to score points in the fourth quarter. They scored forty eight. But none in the fourth quarter. That's what I'm saying, though. It's like, yes. No, they, 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 they were fine. They didn't need to score any more than that. It, it, was, it was close, but it wasn't really. They scored with Agreed. a minute to go. Yep. I, that's what I said. It, it, I, wasn't, I agree with that. it wasn't that close. They, uh, they threw that interception. Then they punted. Missed a field goal. And then they missed the field goal. Uh, field goal would have put them up 17 with five with uh, what five minutes, six minutes left. Mm-hmm. And said they miss it, and then it's a long drive to score at the end of the game, and that then that's the game. Yeah, where a lot closer than I thought it would be. I took a nap in the second half. They all right. I've seen enough of this, and. Like, the uh, U.S. is not going undefeated. And, again, I, I don't know who – I don't think anybody's – the Pac-12 can be the best conference, but nobody's coming out of there to make the playoffs. So it's going to be like, all right, we're the best conference. Really? I th- see, I think we have to give the Pac-12 the benefit of the doubt this year over the SEC. I hope that's what the voters do because the SEC is garbage this year. Georgia – You know they won't. You know I mean, but Georgia struggled to beat Auburn. They were down in that game – uh, Carson Beck is not he he's far from what you know as good as Stetson Bennett the fourth was for however many years that Georgia had him of course winning the last two national championships LSU's defense is an abomination uh, that game was very entertaining with Ole Miss but they had a chance to close the game out there couldn't pick up a first down had a chance to win late take a couple of uh, you know some bad throws and and they ultimately lose 55-49. So LSU, their playoff hopes are absolutely done. Alabama still, I, I don't trust that. They, they have a loss in them somewhere down the line. Tennessee's not great. I, the SEC's only going to get one team in. The, the, the SEC West this year is as bad as it has ever been. Um, Not ever. I mean, they, well, it, 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 as bad as it's been in at least a decade, I would say. Yeah, I would say that. Alabama's, you know, sticking around. In the college football playoff era, the SEC West has always been dominant. The SEC will get one team in. You're going to get a Michigan in or Ohio State. You're going to get in Texas, most likely. And then a Pac-12 team, unless Notre Dame can can sneak their way in. I don't... I think you're going to... If some... If one Pac-12 team ends up with one loss through the gauntlet of the schedule that they're going to have, you, you, I put them in over any SEC team that's yeah. not an undefeated Georgia or undefeated Kentucky. Kentucky's undefeated. Missouri's undefeated. Uh, I, I, the Pac-12 is so much better than the SEC this year. I hope the, the, the voters take that into account. The committee takes it into account. I don't know who the best team is, but it's not Georgia. I'd agree like, with that. Seeing the, 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 they've been siphoning off their number one vote, 
a little bit each week because each week they play, they don't look very impressive. Mm-hmm. And their schedule so goddamn easy that it doesn't matter. So, And Texas played undefeated Kansas this week, but uh, Jaden Daniels didn't play at all. So you didn't get a Kansas team at full strength, but I would say Texas is probably, I would say Texas has got to be the second best team in the con. I mean, Michigan, they haven't really played anyone either. I know they, all, all of these teams don't play anybody. That's why every week I'm searching for a game to watch. Mm-hmm. And other than Colorado, there's been like two games that have interested me all year. Notre Dame's well, playing guys well, at least well, the last two weeks. Anyway, and they're boring as shit. What is it? What was it? Uh, what was the score when when the guy made the big uh, the big run? So it was fourteen thirteen, and then uh, oh, do, and then Notre Dame ended up. Christ, like, I didn't miss anything. And it's ten seven in the fourth against Ohio State. I, I could see uh, the Big Ten's going to get two if Ohio State and Michigan both go undefeated. Well, Penn State in there too. I mean, Penn State's got a chance. And then the one losses to each other. Like they're going to put in. Like, Ohio State's making the playoff no matter what if they're one losses to Michigan. And Michigan's making the playoff no matter what if they're one losses to Ohio State. But you know what? They lost to their rival. They lost to this other team. Mm-hmm. They're going to So the Big Ten can get two. Florida State's going to run the table. But they haven't been by – they haven't been in it. As impressive as the Pac-12 has this year, though I did I did say I was worried about Washington this week going to Arizona. Things get weird when you have to go to uh, and you have a high-ranked team, and, and Washington was lucky to survive against Arizona. Um, I, I still think Washington is probably the best team, top to bottom, in the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is having a good year, but who have they beat? What What's a win? You can say, oh, you know what, this team beat that team. That's a really good win. For them. Like, they haven't played anybody yet. Yeah, but you, you could say that for everyone, though, because we don't know who's good. The, the best win, arguably, is Ohio State over Notre Dame. That's the best win this year. Yeah. Like, who's, who, seriously, like, who's Michigan? Michigan hasn't played anyone. Like, Texas over Alabama looking good. But do, but Alabama doesn't look as good this year. No. So, but is that. Like they're going to be like 10 and 2. Like Alabama's going to be like ten and two, playing Georgia, and it's like, well, if they beat Georgia, they'll be like going in the game like sixth or seventh. Okay, well, if they can pull off this upset and beat Georgia. You're going to put in SEC champion two loss Alabama probably. So it, it, it's a weird year where there's not nobody's very good. Nobody's I don't know what that is. If that's a transfer portal thing, or I don't know what. I would say so. I think the parity, parity's gone. I forgot Florida State. Florida State very easily, it, like, they're... Maybe LSU, and that's a nice win, but that's going to look not as impressive as the weeks go by. And barely beating Clemson's probably going to look not as impressive as the weeks go by. It's, you know, Penn State struggled against Northwestern for quite some time. That was just... That's what I mean, though. The Big Ten is, like, you could say, oh, the Big Ten's getting two in for sure. The Big Ten hasn't been impressive. I mean, for goodness sakes, yeah. Minnesota lost to Northwestern. Minnesota struggled with Louisiana. Penn State hasn't played anyone of note. I, I, I don't know who you would say who. Like, who's been the most impressed? I don't. I, I, 
Oregon's beaten Colorado. I guess, I guess I don't want to say it, but I guess probably Texas. Texas would be, I guess. Yeah, but Oregon's beaten Colorado, so there's that. Like that's um, not, you know. But the, the, were we just talking about how great Colorado was playing USC? Like Colorado six and six. Yeah. Like they're fun to watch, and. Well, they had a good uh, showing there to, to make it close, but they got just stopped for you know the first half, first three quarters. Do what is it, uh, next next week? Uh, next week, Washington, Oregon. Uh, I think now next week is then. That's the first game where yes. I'm like, yes, similar to Cowboys 49ers. Mm-hmm. Next week, 2.30, Oregon at Washington. Well, and you get USC-Notre Dame at night. And he would say Washington. Washington should win that. Washington, you should win that game. Yes. You're at home. You need to beat Oregon. And then, uh, yeah, USC-Notre Dame. I feel like USC should win because Notre Dame's offense has not been impressive from what I have seen. You know, Sam Hartman's been – it's nice to have him there, but they're, they're not putting up points of plenty. Well, uh, they, so that, that's a game that USC's got to win. I would I would agree that USC has to win because I don't think they get through the Pac-12 gauntlet undefeated. No, need that win. Then you got Missouri-Kentucky next week. Kentucky will probably have a loss. Uh, well, they played Georgia this week, and then you got Miami, North Carolina. So, but maybe they beat maybe they beat uh, Georgia this week. I mean, yeah. as you said, Georgia next not week. Next, for me, next week's a whole lot better than whatever the other previous week yes. was. Everybody's going nuts. Yes, yes, because you've got undefeated teams. You've got things that matter. You've got teams that are fighting for something. Well, we have undefeated that number, te- that number two team in the ACC. It's not Clemson. It could be Miami or North Carolina. All right, who's going to maybe give Florida State a challenge? You've got Notre Dame, who's got to win to keep a playoff. Yep, and, and they play an undefeated USC that also probably needs to win. So, and they play an undefeated Louisville team here this week. Uh, so that's for, I'm talking about Notre Dame. Uh, I mean, North Carolina's got Syracuse. They should win that one. But Kentucky won't be undefeated in at, going into next week's game against Missouri if they don't beat Georgia. Uh, Miami plays Georgia Tech, so that's a win. Uh, USC plays home against Arizona, that's a win. Um, yeah, you have a few. You have teams that need to to get some wins here. Uh, Alabama A and M looks somewhat good. I mean, we might no longer be talking about Alabama here if 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 A and M beats them. Yeah, if they do, Milrow looked better, so maybe he's gotten better in these last couple of weeks. Well, and. Uh, uh, Texas A&M no longer has their starting quarterback. They have some guy named Max Johnson, who apparently is Brad Johnson's son. So, uh, and I think, I think Alabama's going to be there. Who they beat last week? Uh, Mississippi State. Yeah, Mississippi State. They, you know, they beat them on the road. Alabama does look great. They are nowhere close to what they were. But I think in this year where nobody's sticking out, they're going to stick around. Mm-hmm. They've got A&M, and they've got Tennessee. If they win those two, maybe it's probably going to be Georgia and Alabama. Maybe the Gophers can pull off the shocker of all shockers and win the little brown jug against Michigan. Uh, the, the, what a, again, another struggle. For, I mean, the Gophers. They're bad. They're, they're very bad. They've had some good seasons. This is not one of them. 
I would agree with that. Um, and and, and uh, what again? NBC putting on Iowa and Michigan State. My God, gross! That was just gross. Uh, college game day will be at the Red River Rivalry. Oklahoma and Texas, that is by far the game of the week. You have both teams undefeated. Oh, uh, hold up, Air Stacking. Hold up. Whoa, 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 what, what? You got. Uh, that is a very important game. Uh, the the, the primetime prime time slots for this week. <laughs> NBC's got Michigan, Minnesota at 6 30. Yep. And if that doesn't tickle your taint. Uh, <laughs> May I suggest Fox has got Fresno State of Wyoming, oh. which is actually an important game and a good game. But that's the Fox game. Wyoming hosting Fresno State. That's bad. What? That's not. It's not. Like that. That's a. That's an important game in the West, and I think Wyoming might pull off an upset there. And Fresno State right now is the Group of Five representative. Yes. And I'm sure whoever that is will be ranked. But my question is, like, will we have a team in the whatever the hell, bowl, Cotton Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, whatever bowl game it is this year? Mm-hmm. Will they even be ranked? Might not. Might not. Uh, well, the, the, yeah, only, yeah, the only yeah. other group of five team getting votes, the only other one, Fresno State's 25, the only other one? Tulane. Is Air Force. Oh. I guess Tulane, I think Tulane as well. Um, is Air Force even getting votes, maybe? Maybe. <clears throat> so you look at the Mountain West, look at Air Force. Maybe yeah. Air Force makes it through this mess. Who knows? What a... Yeah, they're, they're, you know, maybe Tulane goes undefeated the rest of the way, but there's no, there's no big group of five team this year. And this would have been a great year for that because, as we've mentioned, Paradise. no teams... Is, uh, is is pulling out of it here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Notre Dame Louisville is at six thirty on ABC, so that's the, that's the prime time game to watch uh, this week. Uh, we'll see if Minnesota can pull off an upset. I mean, I highly doubt it. I mean, and, 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 you know, usually there's a game that you don't expect that comes out of nowhere, but we haven't really even had one of those. Yep. Uh, Kentucky Georgia at six on ESPN. That's Central Standard Time. Uh, we did have a, quite the comeback uh, by Baylor beating UCF in Orlando. Uh, Baylor's not good, but somehow they uh, they came back from what twenty six points down to beat UCF. That was that was bad, bad look. Last week you had Notre Dame versus Duke as the game of the week. I would say that was that was good. Upset of the week, Vanderbilt over Missouri. That did not happen. And the watch your ass game of the week was. Kansas at Texas, and again, I think if, if if Daniels had been playing at quarterback, then I think that game change that that changes the complexion of that game. And, t- and actually, that game was fairly close at halftime. Texas uh, pulled away in the second half. Um, Kansas had a fourth and one at their own forty or so. Third quarter, they went for it. They didn't get it. They were down to maybe six or so at that point, maybe more. But that's when. They didn't get it, and that's when the game was over. Kansas didn't score. So that, that was the ball game right there. Uh, we're starting Conference USA. We've got so many guys where you know, like, who's going to be the guy this week? Is it going to be a receiver that's got you know three touchdowns? Is the quarterback going to go nuts? They've got three different running backs who are good. Mm-hmm. 
gotten uh, some guys back on defense that missed the non-conference. They're back. So, yeah, they're just extremely, extremely good. And, uh, what, 19,000-plus with the crowd? Uh, they're selling these games out, so I think that's Winning the national title, I guess, is my answer to what is it going to take to fill the stadium. Mm-hmm. I guess winning it all was what it was. Well, and you're getting good games. You're getting good teams to come in, like Montana State, uh, yeah. ranked North Dakota team. Of course, NDSU, you got Hobo Day coming up here. Um, like At least you're getting these good teams. I mean, the, the lowest attended game right now was the game against Western Oregon where they were the national, you know, that's your first game as national champions. If anything, that would have been the game I thought would have sold out because everyone would be excited for the the festivities leading up to that. I was about 16,000 all over. So, you know, I want to see when Hobo Days in two weeks. That'll be a big crowd. Like, tickets are not cheap anymore. No. Like, they're like, we can't get in for 50 bucks. But before, it's like, you could get in for 20, 30 bucks. So they've got uh, you know two games in November. I mean, versus NDSU, that'll be a sellout. Mm-hmm. Then they've got Missouri State to end the season, and then uh, you know I, I was what like what is again that ten thousand mark? What's do better in the postseason? We'll see what that attendance is. So I'm I'm hoping that it's over ten thousand yep. for uh, playoff games. Yeah. Nope. That makes that makes sense. Uh, and hopefully they will. I mean, weather was a factor last year, especially against Montana State. Um, it's just weird to think, though, that maybe NDSU will not be in the com- the comfy and cozy confines of the Fargo Dome for, for the playoffs this year. Yeah, they're not, not going to be there. Like South Dakota State will be waiting for them. NDSU's not going to get there if they can't be at home. No, no, they won't. It's going to be NDSU has made multiple trips to Fargo. And they made runs in the playoffs on the road. Yep. NDSU has not had to do that. I do think Idaho right now is the team I probably fear the most outside of Montana State. There you go. Idaho's Hello. really good. Um, the big the, the big sky is really good. That's why this whole realignment thing fascinates me. Uh, or like the relegation thing that the Pac-12 is floating out there with potentially combining with the Mountain West and, like, who goes into the Pac-12 and who doesn't. But, I mean, they floated, like, the the Dakota schools, South Dakota State and North Dakota State there. Bring in Montana, too, because if you're going to make this a regional deal, Montana State's really good at the FCS level. Montana's really good, or has been really good at the FCS level. Why not bring both of those programs in as well if you're going to bring the Dakotas in? Because that's going to amplify and build up your product or your conference if you're doing this relegation deal which they're looking at we don't know for sure but that's something um that's something to look into further um is is moving up becoming less attractive now or more attractive i would say less attractive because you've got like sam houston states up there right now and like, they've been on TV a couple times, and they played James Madison Saturday. It's like a half-empty stadium, and, you know, you're not... Honestly, it depends on the conference that they get in. Like, if you could do this Mountain West thing, and I know, North Dakota State and Montana and all those teams you mentioned... If you could say, hey, uh, you can move up, but it's to Conference USA, hell no. Why no. do I... Why? What is the... Um, 
what is the I don't want to play Jacksonville State or Middle Tennessee State. That's not an allure. That's not an attraction to me at all. No. I would much rather play the Mountain West because um, I feel like that ultimately is that's a bigger brand and that's a stronger brand. Like you're going to get more respect from voters than you otherwise would. Like, like Conference USA, give me a break. And we've seen teams from the Mountain West go to the Big 12 mm-hmm. and go to these bigger conferences. And it's so. not like the Big 12 doesn't know SDSU or NDSU because they're in the Big 12 for wrestling. Yeah. So I I think it's... Is it ridiculous to say 20 years from now, North Dakota State or South Dakota State's in the Big 12? No. I have no idea. I, I don't think it is. I think that and, is... And what is the Big 12 at that point? Who yeah. knows, but... Nope, yeah, I absolutely... you set yourself up Yep. And that's, again, I think a relegation deal, too. Like, float between the Big 12 or, you know, the FCS level. Like, do it. See see what happens. So, let's get, though, to the big, the big stuff here. That is the baseball playoffs that begin this week. Um... Got to be honest, I, when we were talking about this last week, and we were talking about, oh, do we want Texas or do we want, uh, like, Houston, what's the better one? Never in our, I would say certainly my wildest dreams, and I, I don't think yours either, never did we even think that we, that the Twins wouldn't be playing one of those teams. And that's exactly what the Twins get. They, they have to play Toronto now. It's a matchup that I think both of us do not like. Uh, because Toronto has far more firepower in their lineup, their batting lineup. Um, maybe pitching-wise, I actually prefer playing Toronto than I would certainly Houston. But bat-wise, I, I, I or like just offensively, I feel like Toronto is a better team. You're going to get a lot of, I would say, Blue Jays fans into target field more than you would a uh, Texas or Houston because you know Toronto the Blue Jays are Canada's team and I remember going to a Blue Jays game last year and they flooded target field now granted that's a regular season game postseason games matter uh, great you know differently and there will be a lot of twin like the majority of the park will be twins fans. But you're still going to have to factor in the Blue Jays fans that come down. And I, I don't know. This, to me, like I was I was cautiously optimistic last week. Now I am far more pessimistic. What are your thoughts on how this all kind of broke out, uh, broke down for the Twins? I don't like playing Houston in the second round. I don't think that's good. Oh, Toronto, they can beat Toronto. It's... <clears throat> It's kind of a toss-up. They split six games this year. They were close games. There's not a whole lot of difference between these two teams. Toronto's kind of been a disappointment the last couple of years. They've made the playoffs. They won 89 games. But all of their stars have not done as well as you would think they would have. Mm-hmm. I feel like Bo Bichette just killed the Twins earlier this year. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., it's kind of maybe been unlucky. He's hit the ball hard, just hasn't had the production you would think. So, hopefully that, that continues. Mm-hmm. But, you know, eh, you, you got to win a game, you got to win the series if you're the Twins. Yeah, well, I mean, they need to win 18 
straight postseason losses going into wow. this thing. I mean, I, it's one thing to say that we want them to like, you know, the expectation is to win a series. Just win a game first. That that's that's first and foremost. Yeah, you gotta win a game. You gotta pitch well. Hopefully, the offense shows up. Um, the bullpen's a lot better, but just matters on who they throw out there. So it's winnable. Like if they could have gone Houston and Texas, I think they could have made a run to the ALCS. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if they can beat Houston in a five-game series on the road. But doesn't their pitching matchup? Pretty de- I mean, they've had success against Houston this year. Yeah, they have. But Houston went into Arizona and just shellacked them. I mean, Houston had a great last week of the year, so it's like uh, maybe it's kind of a, oh, 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 here comes Houston again. They're turning it on at the right time. I mean, they're my favorites. They've what, been to the championship series, what, six years in a row? Mm-hmm. Been to the World Series three, four times in that span. So unless somebody can beat them, I don't think anybody can beat them. But so you're going to pick Houston to the World Series then at this point, even despite the fact that Baltimore is the one seed. Yeah, they'd have to play the Twins or Toronto. I think they beat them. Then you got a big old mess at the bottom. Like Texas, you know, they lead this division pretty much all year. They're, uh, yeah, Houston steals it at the end. Yep. Yep. Seattle left out. Uh, they did not play well, and one of their their catch uh, their catcher, they Raleigh. Uh, he but kind Seattle, of like Seattle won three or four. Like they, I mean, they played pretty good that last series. They just lost on Saturday. Like they needed to sweep them, and they came up a game short. It's like, well, but they also there were so many tiebreakers. They lost two of three to Houston at home uh, to begin the week. That's not good. You needed to take two of three there. No, that was a different one. Came down to one game, and. I was hoping for a four-way tie. I would have been a lot of tiebreakers, but yeah, Twins in Toronto. Eh. We'll see what happens. So that's on the AL side. So we again, the, the timing for these games just doesn't make sense because you have the all the all the wild card rounds. They don't have any games out west. It's all either in the Eastern time zone or the Central time zone. Uh, we have the, the Rangers against the Rays. That first game is Tuesday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central time on ABC. And Blue Jays Twins, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 3.30 p.m. Central time on ESPN. Okay, like middle of the afternoon, that makes some sense. And then you have on the National League side, the Arizona Diamondbacks, they will be taking on the Milwaukee Brewers, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central time on ESPN2. And then Marlins Phillies in the East, that's at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. That I can only imagine is because it's Philly, it's a major media market, and that's why you have them in like the in prime time television. But to me, like with how long these games can sometimes go. Ah, uh, we got a new era of baseball, Stan. I know it is a new era, and that and that's great. But that's got to be the sole reason why they why baseball didn't put the Eastern games in the afternoon and the Central Time Zone games at night, like it, it or in the evening. It has to be because Philly's the biggest media market out of any of these clubs. I mean, these are all small small market clubs for the most part. 
I feel like if it would have been Twins and Astros, that would have been by far your best wild yes. card series. Yes, yes, and that would have been prime time, like 7 yeah. p.m. No, no, no doubt about it. I am a hundred percent agreement with you. And none of these, I mean, you know, National League doesn't look very appealing at all. No, no, it doesn't. I mean, the, the Marlins are the best story, I would say, uh, out of any of these clubs in the wild card round. By far. They've started, I mean, they've started these games at noon before, so I was surprised that it's a 2 o'clock start yep. for Ranger Rays, and you have games running into each other, and you would think, you know, average game was 2 hours and 40 minutes this year. Well under 3 hours. Mm-hmm. Noon, 3, 6, and 8. You can't start. Would that not be a reasonable start time for all of these games? Seems very reasonable to me. You could start Arizona and the Brewers at 8 o'clock Central Time. You could have Tampa Bay and Texas start at noon, 1 Eastern. Yep. Start the Twins at 3, start the Phillies at uh, 6 Central, 7 local time. Yep. Instead, you've got you know, 2 and 3.30, and you've got 6 and 7. So you're just going to have games on top of games. So I don't know why they did that. Baseball- it's really weird because ESPN is going to be broadcasting baseball and that's something they really don't do. So. Uh, because ESPN and baseball is not very smart when it comes to this scheduling deal. Um, and that's why I said it's kind of a it's kind of quirky that the wild card round is going to be in just the Eastern time zone and the Central. I get that you know that maybe that happens more often than uh, you would think. You know because the majority of the teams are going to be in either of those two time zones. But for there not to be even like a Western like. The only team in the in a mountain or Pacific time zone here, it would have been the Diamondbacks, and they're in the mountains. So I mean that you don't even have a team on the on the West Coast that's playing in this round. Uh, all games, as we said, yeah, we have a two two o'clock for uh, so three p.m. Eastern on ABC for Rangers race. That's the the same time Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday if necessary. I like that, though, that every series is the same time yep. every day. Yep, so you don't have to worry about, uh, like, trying to figure out the time. Blue Jays, Twins, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 3.30 p.m. local time on ESPN, Tuesday, Wednesday, and, if necessary, Thursday. Uh, Bur- Diamondbacks, Brewers, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central time on ESPN2, Tuesday, Wednesday, and, if necessary, Thursday. And uh, Phillies or Marlins, Phillies, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central time on espn Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, if necessary. The uh, the the Orioles are the one seed in the AL. The Astros are the two seed. The Braves are the one seed in the NL. Dodgers are the two seed. Um, so let's let's make some picks here. Uh, let's let's go to these series. Um, we'll we'll go in the AL. I, I want to pick the Twins. I really do. But it, and I think I'm again. I was cautiously optimistic going in. But I don't know what the health of this team is. I don't know how healthy Correa is. I don't know how healthy Royce Lewis is. You know, is like Kirilov. Like who? Like who's going to be coming through now? Their pitching is better, but I, I'm a little worried about the pitching against. I, I feel like Toronto's bats could get hot here, and I think, I, I think the Twins will win a game in this series. They will end the, the postseason streak. But I'm gonna go Toronto. Twins need to prove it to me first before I can take him further. I'll pick the Twins. I don't like Joe Ryan starting game three. He hasn't pitched well in a while. Um, 
Uh, I think it'd be nice to wrap this up in two because I don't like the game three. Yep. Correa will be back. He'll be a shortstop. Royce Lewis will be your DH probably. Buxton's not going to play. I'd be stunned if Buxton plays because he can't. So, I mean, they've built this team for the playoffs. they got Pablo Lopez and Sonny Gray, your top two starters. Mm-hmm. You've got Joe Ryan. You've got Kenta Maeda. You've got Bailey Over. You've got a lot of guys you can go to when it comes to starting pitching. Mm-hmm. You've got a couple new bullpen guys that have been impressive this month. Like, they could make a run here, but, you know, you gotta got to get out of this first series first. And... Yep. Like, if they could have played Houston and Texas, I would have taken them to win both of those series. But we'll, we'll go one at a time here. We'll say uh, we'll say they, they actually do it. Maybe Toronto. Yeah. Uh, how about Texas and Tampa Bay? Uh, I think the Rangers are yeah, – give me the Rays. Rays in two. Rays sweep the Rangers. There's no one there. Uh, give well, me the Rangers in two, or the Rays in two, excuse me. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is kind of a toss-up. I'll go Tampa Bay. Um, I'll go Tampa Bay. won 99 games or the wild card. So, yeah, I'll just go Tampa Bay. I mean, they've got some injuries, too, but they've called up a lot of young guys. So, it fits Tampa Bay that there's going to be a whole bunch of guys playing that nobody's ever heard of in this series. So... So, uh, if I, so if I have the Blue Jays winning, does that mean they play Baltimore then? No, they would play. I guess the winner of this one plays. Oh, they, they automatically play Houston. Know. Okay. The, the way the bracket looks, it feels like, I don't know. I'm just going to go Houston, Baltimore, ALCS, and I'm going to go Houston because until, go until someone takes down Houston, I got to go with Houston. I'm going to go Houston to beat Tampa Bay. Okay. Uh, NL side, we have the Diamondbacks and the Brewers. I actually really I like the way this could set up for Arizona. Like, I'm not infatuated with Milwaukee, but the way Arizona looked that final weekend at home against Houston, like, they're not going in with a ton of momentum. You still have Corbin Carroll, which who is great. You have um, Zach Gallen, the, the, the great pitcher. I'm tempted to go with Arizona. I will take the Brewers, though, in three. Yeah, I'll take the Brewers as well. Arizona's in the playoffs, but they only won 84 games. Doesn't mean they can't make a run here. We saw the Phillies almost win the entire thing last year as the sixth seed. So, all you got to do is make it in, but... Yeah, I think the Brewers win here in uh, in two. They've yeah. got I don't know when Zach Gallon's going to pitch. He's not going to pitch game one, so and kind of need him to pitch here. As much as I would love to see the Marlins take down the Phillies, Marlins have a lot of uh, they're not healthy right now. I listen to the Dan Levitard show just about every day. Uh, they are talking about a lot of injuries. Sandy Alcantara is not uh, healthy. He's not pitching. It's by the sounds of it in this series. Uh, Phillies will sweep them in two. Yeah, I like the Phillies to win uh, the National League again. Okay, so you're just going to go right there. My NLCS is going to be uh, Dodgers Braves. Uh, I I get that because the Braves would have to take on the Phillies, right? Yeah. And that scares me because the Phillies 
beat them last year, and that the Braves' long layoff. We hope that it, I'm saying Braves, Dodgers, and I, I'm sticking with what I said at the beginning of the year. I said Braves, Astros for the World Series. I'm going to stick with the Braves, Astros, and I'm going to pick the Braves to win it all. I ain't picking a repeat of last year. I'm going to go Houston over Philadelphia. Make Philadelphia beats the Dodgers. In the National League, uh, Braves pitches are hurt. Braves offense is great. But uh, the Phillies, you know, they've got they've got a couple guys that can, you know, win a series by themselves. They got Bryce Harper. They got Kyle Schwarber. Mm-hmm. Trey Turner has turned it on in the last couple months. So they've had they've got a couple guys that when they get hot, they get real hot. So uh, the Phillies just kind of you know under the radar all season long. People paying attention to the Braves and the Dodgers and the Mets for wrong reasons. So you know if it's if it's Braves Dodgers, that'd be that'd be probably the best yes. series. Yep. You know, the Braves tied the Twins record for home runs. I think they had three hundred and seven, so they didn't uh, they didn't uh, break it. So, and the Twins set the record for most strikeouts ever. Well, that's so, good for them. Yeah. Really, just it seems like the the American League. You feel like any team could could get there. Mm-hmm. The National League, you feel like you feel like it's a it's a three team race between the Phillies, Dodgers, and Braves. Yes, yes. It would be very surprising if the Marlins or Arizona or Milwaukee got there. Absolutely, fully, I fully agree. Because yeah, if things go right for the Twins. You know, the starting pitching continues to be rock solid. You get some good bat in at you know at bats in, and then you know. Can score some runs. I think the Twins could be. I think the Twins could be the sneaky dangerous team in the AL this year. In the- a lot of teams, a lot of people say that you know, watch out for the Twins. I but I, I can't do it. Until, they have to show it to me before. Yeah, I can do that. Uh, so that, they, that. I mean, they, they ended up winning eighty-seven games. So that's you know not not terrible in an awful division. They ended up winning eighty-seven. Mm-hmm. They played. They played good this last month. Mm-hmm. I feel like the key is Royce Lewis. He's got to be healthy. He's their guy that getting the grand slams, yep. getting the big hits, you know. And then, and this is time for Correa to show up. We, you know, they got him because of his postseason experience. And like this is it. You want to make up for hitting two thirty this year? You know, have a big postseason. So. Yep. Uh, we mentioned the the trade, uh, the NBA trade last week. Damian Lillard going to Milwaukee. Drew Holiday went to Portland. Then uh, Portland shipped Drew Holiday to Boston for a couple players, including Malcolm Brogdon and a couple first round picks. So that's uh, interesting there. That should put a bow on that. Uh, what, what does Milwaukee think? Okay, we trade our point guard, and he goes to like our biggest rival, or our biggest contender to win this conference is is Boston got little bit better. I think they're still fine getting Lillard because that's you're going to need points in the playoffs at some point and Lillard can provide that. So I like that trade for Boston and I I pick Boston right now to win the East. Okay. I will take I will take Milwaukee and the Ryder Cup was this weekend uh, Europe Dominated once again. The U.S. made it interesting Sunday for singles, uh, singles matches, but ultimately Europe uh, wins the Ryder Cup sixteen and a half to eleven and a half. Uh, Team USA just 
no momentum. They couldn't do anything Friday or Saturday, not until Saturday afternoon. Uh, it's just time and time again, Team Europe, the best. Uh, they had the better roster from top to bottom, or certainly top-heavy. Um, it's just America needs to figure it out. Uh, I've heard that there's some talk, of, like some complaining about them not getting paid for this. Fuck, it's, it's for country. Like, you, you guys make millions of dollars anyway. Shut the hell up and play golf for three days. For fuck's sake! I mean, it, it feels like it means more to Europe. Oh yes, yes. And they all and they usually win. <laughs> Americans have I don't even know what it is, but it feels like they've won like two or three times in my lifetime. Yeah, they haven't but, won in Europe since '93. I think is the last time. So like, all right, and uh, they really don't care. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's obvious that you know the one guy didn't wear a hat. Like, it is a bunch of crap. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Uh, anything else we need to get to before we say so long? <clears throat> Trevor Bauer. We talked about that. Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer is in Japan, and he wrapped up one of his legal issues with one of the women that he had legal issues with. So we'll see if he ever makes it back. He's still only 32. So... I don't know. That's wrapped up. Does he ever make it back? I don't. I doubt it. There's so much baggage with him. Probably not. Yeah. So there's that. And excited for the baseball playoffs to see what happens here. Hopefully, games are on at the perfect time because I can still take my afternoon nap. Mm -hmm. I can get up at four o'clock, whenever four thirty, and tape the game and. Fast forward through the commercials like I like to do. So, perfect game. It's not on at noon. It's not on at night. So, yeah, it's a good time for the Twins game, I guess. It should be over at, uh, at you know, 6 o'clock at night or so, 6.30. So. Cheer for the Minnesota Twins today. That's what I have right. to say. Good, good. Hopefully, we are talking about the Twins playing in the ALDS next week. Hopefully we are talking about a Viking victory. I th- I okay, let's let's put it this way: What are the what's the greater odds of happening? And neither cannot be an option because I think it's the most likely option. So out of these two, the Vikings beat the Chiefs or the Twins advance to the ALDS. What is more likely to happen? Like the Twins. Okay, I will take them too narrowly, but I don't say that with any degree of confidence whatsoever. I think the Chiefs maybe get uh, get on the right track somehow, some way. I think they'll uh, they'll figure out this vaunted Vikings defense, and Mahomes will have a big day. We'll see. We'll see. Well, have a great rest of your week. Good luck with the call Friday in Watertown. Enjoy the nice, cool weather that's coming through. Enjoy the baseball playoffs, my friend, and we'll talk to you next week. All right. We'll see you later. Travis Crins joining me here, Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time as always. So there you have it, our baseball preview or a baseball playoff picks. Uh, I am going with, ultimately, I'm going with the, the Blue Jays uh, to beat the Twins. Twins need to prove it to me before I can go in. Then we got the Rays. I got the Orioles uh, uh, beating the Rays. I have the, the Astros. I have the Astros beating the Orioles in the ALCS. NL uh, side of things, I have the Phillies beating the Marlins. The Brewers beating the Diamondbacks. Dodgers beating the Brewers. Braves do it this year. I have them beating the Phillies. Braves over the Dodgers. Braves, Astros World Series. Braves 
winning it all. So those are your uh, baseball playoff picks. Uh, we will see if we can get land Charlie Hildebrand on. If not, we'll land him next week because it's a big week in college football as we discussed um, next week. This week, not not such a great slate. So uh, we'll probably do, we'll see if bring Charlie on. We'll, whatnot. Uh, we'll wrap up with a recap of week four in the NFL, make some picks for week five. That's all coming up next here on the Sports Block Podcast, available on podcast.com or on archive.org. Uh, also on iTunes, just follow me. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken, Facebook Nathan Stacken, Travis on Twitter X at Travis Crins. Link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. We'll f- figure it all out, and we'll wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block next here with some football talk and final thoughts on baseball, and maybe Charlie Hildebrand. Who knows? Stick around, find out more on the Sports Block podcast. Continuing here on the Sports Block Podcast, time to talk some college football, and who better to do that with than my good friend, our resident college football expert from the Northwest Iowa Review, it's Charlie Hildebrand. Charlie, I remembered your title this time, I remembered who you work for, uh, so it clearly was just a little blip on the radar last week, no need to send me to uh, like a, a mental institute. You're Kirby Smart, hoping that these weird close games with teams that are vastly superior are just those mental blips. That's that's what they are to you. Yes, exactly. Just like, ah, it's just it's a minor speed bump. We're good to go. Don't worry about it. Exactly. Now let's just start there. Start with Georgia. Another unimpressive win. Uh, they they had to come from behind to beat Auburn. I mean. How good is Georgia? And how good really is the SEC in general? This is the worst. I, the, the second part, I think that's bigger. It's how yes. good is the SEC? Like the SEC West this year is as bad as it has been, I would say, in the college football playoff era. Oh, it's as bad as maybe it's been since like 1999 or something like okay. that. Okay, all right. Even longer ago than that. Okay, all right. I, I, I mean, I'm fine because you have Kentucky and Missouri who are undefeated in the SEC East. But eventually, one of those two teams, or both of them, are going to have to go through Georgia and each other. So, like, can one of them take down Georgia? How good really is Georgia? We don't know, but the SEC, like, LSU, I picked them for the playoff. Their hopes went goodbye because they couldn't, A, play defense at all to save their lives against Ole Miss. Had some questionable play calling or clock management late in that game. Um... Poor tackle. Like, like, this is it's bad. Like I don't blame necessarily the offense, but the defense was supposed to be like take a step further, and LSU just has it. Like that. That's a bad loss to Ole Miss. I think it's more just the the look of it. You know, giving up the fifty five points. Someone's going to win the SEC West this year. I don't know who it's going to be, but it, I don't ever remember. I mean, there was. I probably. I mean, I'm a Nebraska fan. I didn't start really paying attention to, like, more teams in college football till a little bit in, like, 98, 99. It was probably more 2000, 2001. Mm-hmm. I don't ever remember the SEC West being this bad. I mean, I maybe I'm misremembering and they weren't this great in, like, 2002 or something, but I just don't remember across the board that in, like, every big non-conference game, for the most part, they fell flat. They're losing the teams in the East and looking unimpressive. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose I don't feel as bad about picking Alabama to win the SEC West now, but certainly it's not like I would be like, oh, yes, they're definitely going to win it and are the favorite going forward. But mm-hmm. 
But at the same time, I don't know who is. I mean, Ole Miss already lost to him. LSU's lost twice, once at conference already. Yep. I mean, is it A&M? I mean, we, we see A&M in Alabama this week. That's a de facto elimination game. Uh, uh, did you know Brad Johnson's son is the quarterback for A&M? I feel like Max Johnson has been – I know he was at LSU. I did only because I work with someone who's a uh, uh, Minnesota sports fan across okay. the board. And uh, he is like – I don't know if he really, really likes Brad Johnson – or I just told him Brad Johnson was overrated and he's being stubborn and saying no. But he <laughs> pretends Brad Johnson's his favorite player of all time now. So anyways, long story short, yes, I'm aware that Brad Johnson sucks plays at Texas A&M. I mean, I feel like he could, like, he's been around for years because he played at LSU. So, I mean, that's a that's a de facto elimination game. I'm, I guess, like, I'm kind of looking at this here. So I, who do you think's winning that game, A&M or Alabama? I mean, I'd lean towards Alabama, but I think if I'm being honest, that's mostly just based off yesteryear Alabama teams. I mean, it's not like, I mean, they looked fine against Mississippi State on Saturday, but it's not like, you know, you watched them and were like, oh my God, Alabama's back and they fixed everything because Mississippi State's bad. And certainly Texas A&M has not looked great most of the year either. I feel like the de facto team we're going to have to pick for the SEC West is going to be Ole Miss. I'm looking at their schedule right now. They are home. They could, but you got to remember, they've already got a conference loss to Alabama. Alabama is still undefeated in the conference, so they'd have to lose twice. True. Or come up with a you know three-way tiebreaker scenario. True, true. I'm just looking at the rest of Ole Miss's schedule here. They're home to Arkansas, at Auburn, home to Vanderbilt, home to A&M, at Georgia, home to Louisiana Monroe, and then at Mississippi State. I got Honestly, outside of Georgia, I don't see a loss there. But to your point, Alabama At still... the same time, though, is Georgia looks so good that you're like, oh, they're definitely going to beat Ole Miss? No. Like, would you be stunned? I no. mean, that's the other thing, too, is that it's not like Georgia's looks great. Travis seems to think that the Pac-12 is not going to get a college football playoff team in this year. Um, and... I feel like we have to treat the Pac-12 this year like we have the SEC West every year for the past decade plus. In that, if you, like Oregon and Washington, they play next week. That's a massive game. If they, you know, if they each finish with one loss, it depends on who that loss is to. But, like, that's a better loss than anything that an Alabama or an Ole Miss is going to have this year, I would argue. Or Georgia. I mean, I, like, that's right. the other thing. Yeah. Is that, I mean, if, it's different because Georgia's the two-time defending champions. And if they have one loss and are SEC champs, I think they'll probably get in fair or not fair. But to your point, I mean, I think the pac 12s is in a good spot that if they have one loss as a conference champ, they'll probably get in. Now, the downside is the pac 12 so good that I think there's a scenario where you've got two two-loss teams playing in the conference title game, mm-hmm. and then that starts getting a lot harder to say, Yes. well, yeah, you've lost twice, but you're still going to get A. Yes. Nope, I agree. It's just I, I hope that because everyone says, oh, the SEC West is such a gauntlet to go through and blah, blah, blah. This year it's the Pac-12, so I hope everyone, you know, I hope the voters, I hope the committee 
takes that same approach that they've always used with the SEC and applies that to the Pac-12 this year because the SEC just doesn't have it this year. This is a down year for them, and they're going to be lucky to get one team in. And even like Travis had mentioned, oh, like maybe the Big Ten getting two teams in, Ohio State and either Michigan or maybe Ohio State and Penn State. I'm like, well, the Big Ten hasn't been all that good either. Like, I just I don't feel like we can just dismiss any Pac-12 school that has a loss. Um, like, I would take a one-loss Pac-12 school over a one-loss Big Ten school. Again, I guess you have to look at who it is. I mean, it depends which one it is. I don't know right. if I would if it's Ohio State. If Notre Dame, you know, finishes with, like, two yes. losses. That's well, you know, I get what you're saying. But, look, let's say... At this point, it always depends on how it plays out. Because right. there's going to be details we're not thinking of. Well, let's say it's... But, like, to your point, if it's Michigan, who yeah. has played a very poor schedule up to this point, I don't know that I'd give Michigan the benefit of the doubt if they have a loss compared to Ellis. Like a one-loss... Or did Washington have one loss in the Pac-12 champs? Like, what if Penn State and Michigan both have one loss? Like, let's say Ohio State gets... You know, it's one loss, but you know they they beat Penn State. They beat you know they beat Notre Dame. Remember the two thousand eight Texas or two thousand eight Big Twelve South, where Texas, Oklahoma, and Texas Tech all have one loss to each other. Yeah, and, and so they kind of it's you're going to get one team from the Big Ten, but I wouldn't take you know like let's say USC, Oregon, and Washington all have one loss, and it was a round robin, or you know d- does Utah maybe sneak in there too, like. I just I can't I can't see the Pac-12 getting denied this year, and I don't. It's, I'm not. It's s- worth noting with what you said. I think two conferences, also both having three one-loss teams, is incredibly unlikely. Yes, uh, and it could happen. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I think the odds that at least one of them doesn't lose somewhere else along the lines are quite low. And then you have to think of like, oh, I mean, Texas. Texas is, could run the table in the Big Twelve. Uh, they they have the big game with the in the Red River rivalry with Oklahoma this week. I mean. I think this game with Oklahoma, we know what Texas is, but Oklahoma is very much an unknown. And I think this is a chance for Brett Venables and company to have a big coming out party. Like, yes, last year was a fluke. We are legit this year, and we're going to hang with the best of them. But I, I just feel like Texas is ultimately going to be too strong. I mean, it, it, it's not going to stay this way because, you know, they'll keep playing, obviously. But to this point, I feel like this is the biggest game of Venable's entire career. Yes. Just because yes. last year things got weird and, you know, it was year one and you can kind of do things. This is where, hey, if you win, you silence all sorts of doubters and ask all sorts of questions. I think even if you don't win, but you lose by like a last second field goal, like that's going to stick. But you'd be like, hey, it looks like they've made progress and they're in a good spot. But the way these weird Texas-Oklahoma games go sometimes, if Texas goes out and rolls 42-10, to 10, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, we're just in the same boat as last year with yep. Oklahoma, where they started strong against bad teams and they're actually not that good. Exactly. And that is the biggest game of the week by far. College game day will be there. I'm looking like any other games that really – Tickle your fans. I mean, we got, I guess, LSU-Missouri. But that, I mean, that's not even that good. Missouri probably beats LSU. Uh, or maybe LSU hands Missouri that loss. And, again, it's just the, the round-robin of effect. We have Kentucky at Georgia. Uh, Notre Dame at Louisville. That's an intriguing game. I mean, Notre Dame needs to keep winning. That was a heck of a win they had against Duke 
last week, uh, slugfest. But Ryan Hartman running for it on what fourth and sixteen or whatever for seventeen in that first down, incredible. Um, I know I'm kind of going all over the place here, but this is not a great slate this week. I mean, I, you're right that it's not like an elite slate. I don't think it's bad, though. Another one you didn't mention. You start talking about weird Pac-12 games on the road. Mm-hmm. Washington State has to play at UCLA. Mm-hmm. And certainly by no means do I think UCLA is going to you know, win eleven or, you know, win the rest of their games to finish 11-1. I think UCLA could maybe get to eight wins, possibly even nine, though. And Washington State going on the road. I, I mean, and, you know, it's just they have to travel so far in that 12 games sometimes. One, just weird stuff happens there. One, now, it's worth noting, it's not an after dark game. I think it's at 2, two o'clock. So it is. Time yes. Starts, but. Yep. Noon, noon, uh, noon on the West Coast. Wouldn't this be a huge win, though, for Washington State if they can... Uh, I mean, they, they're coming. Both teams are coming off of a bye, so it's not like one team's at more of a disadvantage than the other. But wow, would this be a huge win for Washington State? Like the win against Oregon State was big, but to I think be truly be considered among the the legit teams in the Pac-12, winning at UCLA would be a, a huge statement for um, for Cam Ward and company. Yeah, I mean. It would definitely, yeah, it would be a big one and another, another feather in their cap of teams that, and you know, will probably, I mean, I don't know that they're going to be in the Pac-12 title game at the end of the year, but I think at times we're probably not giving Washington State enough credit. I mean, I think it's easy, you know, just to say, Oregon and Washington, and, you know, I'm as guilty of that as anybody, but, you know, Washington State has also looks quite good at times this year. Uh... Mentioned Notre Dame, the big come, uh, big win against Duke. It wasn't a thing of beauty. Um, give a lot of credit to Duke's defense. And I, I feel like we knew kind of going in that Duke had a really good defense. But it was more the, the response that Notre Dame had, the resiliency that I was impressed with, especially on that game-winning drive by Sam Hartman. Like That's why I feel like I think they're going to beat Louisville on Saturday. I get that that's a tough game. Uh, especially after a hard-fought game against Duke on the road. Now you have to go on the road to Louisville. You have that 30-game ACC winning streak on the line. But I don't know. With Sam Hartman there, I feel like they always have a chance. And I, I like the the leadership that Notre Dame has this year. Um, that was a big win against Duke. Yeah, it was, I don't remember, I mean, I watched, I remember the end of it, I forget what it was exactly, but it was, what, 4th and 15 or 16 or something like that, Hartman takes off, scrambles, lowers his shoulder, gets the first down, you know, in in kind of, I mean, like, in some ways, how Patrick Mahomes did it against the New York Jets last night. I actually said it. just like, oh, hey, oh, no, you're in such trouble, the defense has you, and then it's just, oh, no, he took off, and yep, he got the first down, and just how demoralizing that. I think I said it at work on Monday that uh, Patrick Mahomes pulled, a, a, he channeled his inner Sam Hartman with that run. Yeah, and big win for Notre Dame. Keeps their playoff hopes alive. Big win for Ohio State, too, because it continues to be a really good win for them. Yep. And then the unfortunate thing is I'm blanking on his name, but the Duke quarterback gets hurt at the end. Riley Leonard, I saw, yes. I saw somewhere that their first thoughts were that it wasn't broken his ankle, so that's good. I think it's a I mean, high ankle sprain is the way it sounds. Yeah, which still isn't fun, and it's too bad. I, if I remember, and I think Duke does have a bye week next, so that may 
help some things for them. But it's it's good that he you know he didn't play just blank. That would have been really cool. I think it, we just hope he comes back for the game October twenty first at Florida State. That I think would be the uh, the target game for him. Yeah, so, yeah. If he can, if he can, and he's at least you know. 85, 90% health. That would be great. Uh, Colorado and USC played a hell of a game. Uh, USC was comfortably in control for pretty much the entire game. But, you know, offensively in the fourth quarter, he had an interception. Uh, they had a punt, a missed field goal. I get that that's bound to happen. But when you need to put a team away and you're, you're a guy like Caleb Williams... You need to be able to to do that. It just, to me, I needed more of a statement from them there rather than allow Colorado to get back in. Now, get, give credit to Shadir Sanders and everything like that. And again, Caleb Williams played a heck of a game. But you need to be able to close teams out in the fourth quarter, and I didn't feel like USC really provided that answer. I feel like that's still going to hang over them here throughout the rest of Pac-12 play. Yeah, their defense is bad, and it's just not going to get fixed this year. I mean, it may not ever get fixed. I mean, I think their defense has always been, or frequently been bad under uh, Lincoln Riley, whether at USC or Oklahoma. I think there were maybe a year or two where it was like, okay. You know, and then they, the hoping that if you have an okay defense with that offense, like, make things work, but... Their defense is bad, and I think it's just it's just going to end up costing them once or twice this year. I mean, they have a national title worthy offense, and then they just have like a, a four and eight defense. Yeah, I mean the throws that he, that Williams was making in that game, the sidearm throws as fast as he was getting rid. I mean, it's just incredible, just incredible. Um, almost equally as incredible, Baylor coming back to beat UCF in Orlando. Um, this is about as bad of a loss as you could possibly get if you're UCF. Uh, yeah, it's rough. I forget what it was. Was it 24, 28 that they were I think it was, down? Yeah, it was 35-10, to 10 and they came back to win 36-35. Yeah, and they won 36-35. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's rough. Um, I mean, I suppose in some ways you could say it's kind of a welcome to the Big 12 moment of like, hey, guess what? This other team's not going to roll over and die. They're going to keep playing, and now you're in trouble. Um mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think UCF obviously can still be good in the Big 12. I mean, I don't think they're going to do a lot this year. But that's, uh, I mean, it, it, it's just going to stay going forward. There's well, no way around And this is, it's not a good Baylor team this year. That, I think, no. is the worst part in all of this is that Baylor is not good this year. They are very, like, they're legitimately not a bowl-bound a bowl team this year. You could have put the hammer on them and, like, put the nail in the coffin on their season and instead – you give them life. Yeah, you know, they did a good job of uh, doing a USC impression against Colorado. The difference being that USC at least recovered that onside kick at the end to make sure they still won. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, what else from last week uh, caught your attention at all, and what are you looking forward to uh, again this week? Um, I think the only other big thing, and we kind of touched on it a little bit, but that old mess. I mean, I don't, so I don't know who to give more credit to Ole Miss's offense or to blame LSU's defense. But I think it's got to be LSU's score that defense. many points, and it was what? It was like 650 or 700 yards of offense, which 
total offense doesn't mean what it used to. Like, I want to preface this by saying that. Mm-hmm. But if you're giving up 650 yards, unless it's a 19-overtime game, like, that's bad. I think it's got to be blamed to LSU because Brian Kelly was brought in to make them national championship worthy. They have Harold Perkins, uh, is it Harold Perkins Jr. or the third, whatever, and he was such a unique pass rusher last year. I mean, he was all over. He's as gifted a defensive player as, as there is in college football, and LSU doesn't know how to use him. And like, and the, the rest of their defense is like that's that's a bad look for LSU. LSU's had weird problems at times with different coaches over the years, but talent's never been one of them. And when you're that talented on defense, giving up that many points and yards, it's not good. I mean, I can think of a couple of times they did, but it was like, oh, it was the 2008 Florida team that won a national title. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, Ole Miss is good on offense. I don't want to take anything away from them, but, like, clearly this is not an Ole Miss team. I mean, I, I feel safe in saying they're not going to go on to win the national title this year. Right. Right. Uh, and what are you looking forward to then this week? Outside of what um, we talked about. Or in a, you can go back to what we've talked about, too. I mean, probably. That's a good question. I, uh, here, hold on. I'm going to check my laptop again. There was one, and I already forgot about which game it was. I'm uh, walking around inside my apartment to make sure I uh, get steps in. I am intrigued by LSU and Missouri, and I, I know I mentioned Washington State at UCLA. Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. Notre Dame at Louisville is interesting. Um, and then what was the other one? And no, I'm already, yeah, sorry, we already talked about Oklahoma and Texas, but that's sometimes it lives up to the hype. Sometimes it definitely doesn't. I, it's always weird, though. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to make an example off the top of my head, but you know, it's. Oklahoma, Texas is like when you try those weird desserts that are like, Mm -hmm. hey, guess what? It's ice cream with bacon in it. And you're like, I don't know if that's going to be good or not. I think I do kind of want to see it just to see what happens, though. And we'll we'll see. I hope it's close. I hope uh, Maryland takes down Ohio State. Again, I've been high on Maryland all year uh, or going into the year. And so that's that's a game that I am looking at. And let's just touch base here. before we, we we have a game this week, we have we have a game. Uh, it's when will they? When will they makes its uh, triumphant return? So uh, we'll get to that here in a second. But let's touch base on what happened this last week at the FCS level. Uh, South Dakota State takes care of North Dakota, no problem. Uh, USD goes on the road to number two North Dakota State. Arguably, they aren't the number two team. Uh, if you've watched FCS football this year, you know that Montana State's probably the second best team. Uh, yeah. But USD goes up there regardless, beats them, like pummels them in the first half, 21-3. NDSU sleepwalking. They hold on to win 24-19. It's a huge win for USD. Uh, a lot of questions, I think, regarding NDSU. Uh, what's your biggest takeaway from, from what happened? My biggest takeaway, and always you got to be careful with this, because I've thought this many times with both North Dakota State and Alabama that's blown up in my face. I do wonder if this is kind of like Clemson this year, where it's just like, well, yeah, clearly they're still talented and good. 
they are not talented and good. And this is me talking about North Dakota State. Yes. Yep. I wonder if they just have passed that point, though, where they're just not as good as they were. That it's like, yeah, they could be a top 10 team. It's possible they can make the playoffs and make a run for the national final. But it could be that they're just done as like, the, guess what? We're the best team and we're always the best team no matter what. Mm-hmm. I think I've said this. I don't remember if I've said this to you or not before. At some point, many, many moons ago, I wrote this about Alabama on the sports block mm. blog thing. Yes. Um, I don't even remember what the login or password is for that stuff anymore, so I couldn't find it. Anyways, but I predicted that Alabama, after one of their weird early season losses, was done, and I ended up being wrong. And they, I think they still won the national title that year. But the, the other point I made in this thing many years ago is that the way this almost always works with dynasties and when they just all of a sudden are not quite as good anymore mm-hmm. it's very rare that it's the 98 bulls and you're just like oh yeah they're not going to be good after this year we know it's done it's usually like oh no they, they lost in the national title game they're like yeah well they'll be back and then two years later you're like oh they haven't been back and I guess they're not going to go this year. They're going to finish nine and three this year. And then all of a sudden you're just like, Oh wait, it's been four or five years since they played the national final game. How did that happen? And that's just almost always how it works. And obviously North Dakota state just played the national final game last year. I'm sure that it's, it's certainly possible they get back there again. But I think that if all of a sudden, you know, three years from now, it's just like, oh, wait, you know, North Dakota State's in the top ten every year, and they usually make a deep run, but haven't won a title in a bit. We can look back to this year as the, being kind of one of the uh, canaries in the coal mine with USD. I mean, I, and I think USD might be good this year, but I also don't think we're going to see USD, you know, make the quarterfinals of the FCS playoffs either. My issue with the Missouri Valley, though, is the scheduling that they have because USD and NDSU both get Murray State, Indiana State, and Western Illinois are two of the three of those teams. And those are the worst teams in, in the Missouri Valley. SDSU doesn't get to play any three of those teams. Uh, and I, again, I think the Jackrabbits are the best team in the Missouri Valley. I think they're the best team at FCS. And uh, they, I think they're going to run through the gauntlet unscathed. But just the mere fact that they don't get that little break of getting to play one of those worst teams and that NDSU and USD will be able to feast on them, that that to me is is not right uh, that, that the Missouri Valley did that. I mean, it could just be a scheduling quirk. I mean, there's just quirk. times that's going to happen, yeah, unfortunately. It, it's just a scheduling quirk, but, I mean, to me, it's almost like they're trying to make NDSU get back there. And it's like, oh, we don't want SDSU in here. Let's give them everyone, Illinois State, Southern Illinois, Youngstown, like everyone. Oh, UNI for Hobo Day? Yeah, let's do it because you, SDSU never beats UNI on Hobo Day. I mean, it, granted, you, Northern Iowa this year is not great. It just it sucks to me that if, whether it's by you know scheduling quirk or whatnot, that SDSU has such a vaunted uh, or like just a much more difficult conference slate than NDSU or USD get with a couple of these cupcakes. The upside is if they win them all or even finish with just one loss, they'll probably get the benefit of the doubt based yes. off the tougher schedule and also beating Montana State. Exactly. So. Yes, you are absolutely right with that. Uh, it's game time. Shall we get to a game here, Charlie? Let's do it. All right, let's play. When will they? This is not. Uh, this is the, the game that is 
far behind Bullbound or not, but it is gaining popularity everywhere. The fastest uh, growing game in the Midwest. Yes. Uh, Lincoln in Nebraska, always a big fan. Spencer in Iowa. Sheldon in Iowa. Uh, Iowa is huge into this, wouldn't you say? I agree. I, I mean, we talk about it at least twice a week at work. Yep, good. I mean, Austin and Minnesota, big into it. Madison and Wisconsin. So this is a very... Uh, and Madison in South Dakota too. She loves it. Uh, so this is very, very popular. Uh, I think uh, they Madison in, in South Dakota must know the Yankee Twins. I would guess. Probably does. Yeah. Ho- hopefully. So let's get to to uh, uh, when will they? Uh, w- there are several winless teams here, and I thought about holding off on this game until next week, but that would eliminate one of the winless teams, I believe. Uh, Charlie, I'm going to ask you. When will they? When will Virginia win their first game of the year? They are 0-5. One second. I'm going to open up the Teams page on ESPN so I can control search. And now I can go to Virginia's schedule, open a new tab. Let's see. Looking at it here. So they play. I think they're going to change this week, and I think yeah, yep, and see, I was hoping that it'd be could... better because their next two games are at North Carolina and at Miami, and I don't think they're. And then after Georgia Tech, it's at Louisville and at Duke, so it gets. I mean, we can debate about Georgia Tech, but the rest of those games are pretty nasty. So if they don't win this one, it could be a long time. And that's why I wanted to sneak Virginia in there because I don't think I think it's going to end after this. I think they get the win, but. Yeah, if not, it's going to be a very long road ahead for them. Uh, let's go to Conference USA and the Sam Houston Bearcats. First year in Conference USA for Sam Houston. Uh, it hasn't gone well. They have looked absolutely atrocious on offense, uh, except for the game against Jacksonville State, where they finally put up more than seven points. So. Good on them. They're 0 and 4. Charlie, when will they get their first win? I'm double checking one thing here. Am I generally? Yeah, you know what? I am going to say that one. They are going to get a win. Not this week, which they play on Thursday this week. They're in the weird part where they don't play on Saturday the next. Four games. Yeah, they're taking away midweek action. They're just moving it up to the month of October. They are getting their first win against New Mexico State on Wednesday, October 11th. The all-too-common Wednesday night conference USA. Okay, so they are going to get it on the road. So that's what uh, Sam Houston State fans can expect. And how about... UConn, uh, Darlings last year making it to a bowl game under Jim Mora Jr. They lost a heartbreaker to Utah State on Saturday, 34-33. They are 0-5. Charlie, when will they, when will UConn get their first win? It's going to be a bit. They're not going to be able to beat Rice. They're not going to beat South Florida. They're not going to win at Boston College or at Tennessee or at James Madison. It's going to take Sacred Heart. Ooh. And they're going to win, and then they're going to make a sacred fart joke. <laughs> sacred heart that they need for win number one, November, which is game number 11 for them. November 18th, that is a long way. Then maybe you could cap it off with a win at UMass. I mean, that's a possibility, I suppose. Um, but maybe not. And finally, on the winless side of things, Nevada in the Mountain West. Nevada's very bad. Uh, they got crushed by Idaho earlier this year. 
Uh, Kansas beat them. Texas State whooped them. They just got killed by Fresno State. They're 0-5. Charlie, when will the fighting Nate Burlesons and Colin Kaepernick's win their first game of the year? Well, the bad thing is they can't bank on beating UNLV because UNLV's good this year at 4-1. Yes. It's not going to be San Diego State. Um, you know, is it? Uh, you know what? I'm going to... I'm going to say it's New Mexico. Okay. On October 28th. It's got to be that or, Nev- or Hawaii the following week, right? There, I mean, there's yeah, it's not been Hawaii. Hawaii playing on the road in the mainland, especially a long trip like that. It's just always tough for them. All right. We're going to pick a couple of win uh, of undefeated teams here. Now, we're not going to go the Red River rivalry. Don't need that. Uh, interestingly enough, the AAC, no teams. I'm going to say Texas is going to win on Saturday. Okay. There you go. Uh, the AAC. Do you has, remember preseason? I said Oklahoma was going to start five and zero and then lose their last seven games to finish five and seven. I'm sticking with that. Okay, very good. Uh, and that will be the last uh, team that's undefeated in the Big Twelve. Will be the winner of the Red River rivalry. The AAC has no winless or undefeated teams remaining. The AAC has several. Uh, let's go with. You know what? Let's go back to Conference USA. Let's go to the Liberty Flames. They're four and zero. When will they? When will Liberty lose their first game? Let's see here. Pulling up the schedule, and you're going to beat Sam Houston. I think they'll beat Jacksonville State. I'm going. Ooh, is it going to be this one? I am. I'm going to say October 24th on a Tuesday, they're going to lose at Western Kentucky. All right, that's loss number one for Liberty. Okay, very good. Uh, yeah, that you gotta you get that midweek um, midweek game that that could uh, come back to hurt uh, Liberty here in their first year in Conference USA. Let's uh, pull back up here and let's go to the ACC. Not going to have you pick Florida State. Not going to have you pick... Okay, let me just ask you this. By process of elimination here. Is Louisville beating Notre Dame this weekend? No, I don't think so. Okay, so we can eliminate them from the ranks of the unbeaten then. uh, Because Louisville is currently unbeaten. So why don't we go with Miami? The Miami Hurricanes. Uh, Will the fighting uh, Michael Irvins... Oh, that's right. They are undefeated. Yes. I was looking at the conference record, and they haven't played a conference game, so they're way down there. But, yeah, you're right. They are undefeated still. Yeah, so let's go with Miami. When will Miami lose their first game of the year? They're going to beat Georgia Tech. I think they're going to win at North Carolina the following week. Ooh, okay. Which will then take care of North Carolina. I think they're going to beat Clemson. I think it's going to be tough, but they're going to beat Clemson. They'll beat Virginia. I think they're going to beat NC State, although they could potentially have a trap game there looking ahead. Because the week after that, on November 11th, they play at Florida State. And I think that is going to be Miami's first loss. Florida State. It will be the biggest Miami-Florida State game in many years. Because it will be... Yeah, it'll be the second week of November, and they'll still be undefeated playing each other. Okay, very good. Our final stop this week and for when will they, and we will come back to this game uh, next week or certainly in a couple of weeks here as we get to the halfway point of the season. But we're going to go to the Mountain West here now, and we're going to 
look at Air Force and Fresno State. Both teams are undefeated. Well, let's look at Air Force first. When will they, Charlie? When will Air Force lose their first game? It's not going to be this week. To or actually, are they? No, they are off this week. And then they play Wyoming at home. They're not going to lose coming off a bye. I don't yeah, think they're going to lose at Navy. I don't think they're going to lose at Colorado State. I think it's going to, you know what? I think they're going to beat Army also. And then it's going to be turning around and playing at Hawaii the following week. Okay. I think they're going to lose the incredibly long road game that will be starting at 10 o'clock Central time that we just played too much in Hawaii's favor. Okay. I should have looked to see if they were off this week because, or if they were playing this week because that kind of negates it a little bit. But I know this team is. They're on 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on Fox is Fresno State. Uh, so, Charlie, when will they? When will Fresno State lose their first game? It's not going to be this weekend. They're going to beat Wyoming. I think it'll be a good game, but they're going to win. In Laramie. They've got a short week. they got to turn around and play Utah State on Friday after that. So just six days later. And you know what? They're going to beat Utah State, too. And then they're going to lose to the running reps the following week, even though that one's at home. UNLV's giving them their first loss on October 28th. It's going to be UNLV's Halloween present to Fresno State. Oh, very good. That's, that would be a home game that Fresno State loses. You look at Fresno State here, there's a very good chance that they are the non-group of five Um there is a good chance. I, I did think about saying that they're just not going to lose and that they're going to be 13 and out. Yeah, Boise State's not good. I mean, you get UNLV at home. Wyoming is their toughest game remaining, at least their toughest road game. I think it's Wyoming or at San Diego State? Yeah. I, I, I think, I'm going to say Wyoming. I don't think – I mean, San Diego State. All right, San Diego good. State. I should have looked down further. I, I forgot they were 2-4. and four. Yeah. I guess I was just uh, going off previous years. I should have looked at that closer there. I would say San Jose State's going to be a tougher game than San Diego State. Yeah, it might be. So there we go. Uh, that is the first edition of When Will They for this year. Uh, thanks for playing, Charlie. Uh, we'll, we'll get you back on again to, to play some more games, and uh, we'll talk some more college football, including the big slate next week. We have some monster matchups here. Um, so anything else we need to get to before we say so long? I mean, you're going to have to keep track of all these picks, and then Price is Right style tell me if I was over or under. If I went over, I overbid, and I lose. We will definitely try. You don't, you don't actually have to do that. Okay. But. I was going to say, I'll try my best. I can't guarantee anything, but I will do my best. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. You have a great rest of your week, my friend. Enjoy the slate of college football action this week, and we'll be back next week to talk with you about it more. All right. Thanks, Hagen. Looking forward to it. All right. Thank you, Charlie. Charlie Hildebrand, kind enough to spend some time with me here on the Sports Block Podcast to talk about college football and yeah, the state of the SEC. That, I think, is the big thing that everyone's kind of looking at right now um, we're going to wrap up this week's edition of the sports block podcast look back at week four in the nfl make some early picks for week five and some final thoughts on the baseball season but let's uh, let's go back to week four here it began thursday night uh with the detroit lions going into lambeau field and just leveling the um the San Francisco, or the the Green Bay Packers, thirty four to twenty. It was twenty seven to three at the half. Green Bay tried to get back in it, but uh, this Lions defense is great. 
Uh, Jared Goff played okay, but the Lions, this is a team, hey, they're good in prime time, and they were fantastic in this one. Then Sunday, we had our first London game. Uh, it was uh, Toy Story Fun Day football. Uh, you had the Jacksonville Jaguars jump out to a 17-0 lead. They included a pick six in the first half. They go on to beat the Atlanta Falcons 23-7 Atlanta. Desmond Ritter really struggling at the quarterback position. Uh, let's see what else we got here. And on uh, also Sunday again, we we talked about this Carolina Panthers remain winless. The Vikings were winless going into this game. They snap it. They beat uh, Adam Thielen uh, and the Panthers twenty-one to thirteen. Harrison Smith three sacks, including a, he had a forced fumble. It was picked up by C.J. Wanham, returned all the way for a touchdown at the end, uh, or like in the third quarter to give the Vikings a lead that they would not relinquish. Vikings now one and three on the year. Buffalo Bills hand the, the Miami Dolphins their first loss of the year, 48-20. to uh, jo- Josh Allen had five total touchdowns, four, incomplete, four incompletions. Stephon Diggs had three touchdowns. He was great in this one. Miami, the, the two teams scored touchdowns on each of their first two possessions, so the first four possessions combined, four touchdowns. And then Buffalo just took it to Miami after that. A lot of pressure. Um, it was very tough for... Um, for Miami to get it going, and Buffalo gets a big win against Miami to, to say, hey, we are still kings of the AFC East. The AFC East goes through Buffalo. Denver Broncos and the Chicago Bears, another battle of winless teams. The Bears, Ju- Justin Fields was great, uh, had four touchdowns. The Bears were up 28-7 to in the third quarter. Broncos score late, and they score again in the fourth quarter, and then Fields fumbles it, and it's returned for a touchdown. The Bears go for it on fourth and one when they should have kicked a field goal from 35 yards out, could have given them the lead. Broncos get in, then Fields throws the interception. Broncos win 31-28. Great comeback win for them. What What an embarrassing loss for the Bears. This is an embarrassing franchise this year. Cleveland Browns were without Deshaun Watson. He was uh, hoping to play with a shoulder injury, could not. Uh, and that pretty much spelled doom for the Browns because they could not, despite how great, great of a defense they have, Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews too much. The Ravens beat the Browns 28-3. What's wrong with the Pittsburgh Steelers? Someone needs to let me know. The Houston Texans clobber them 30-6. The Steelers' offense was dreadful. C.J. Stroud, rookie quarterback for the Texans, was once again fantastic. He has yet to throw an interception on this young season. The Houston Texans are fastly becoming a competitive team right before our very eyes. They are going to compete for the AFC South, if not this year, next year. We thought maybe Jacksonville had the had uh, control of this division for a while. No, it's the Texans uh, breathing down their necks in a hurry here. In fact, every team in the AFC South is 2-2 two two right now. That includes the Indianapolis Colts. They lose 29-23 to the LA Rams. Rams were up 23-0 in this one before Anthony Richardson uh, willed the Colts back to tie the game. Goes to overtime, Matthew Stafford hits uh, Puka Nakua for a touchdown. Nakua now 39 receptions on the year, uh, 39 receptions on the year. So very good for him, Uh, just fantastic. He is the, the rookie of the year going away right now. Comeback player of the year this year, last year it was Geno Smith. This year it might be Baker Mayfield. 
He threw three touchdowns as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers improved a 3-1 on the year. They go into New Orleans and beat the Saints 26-9. Derek Carr has a shoulder injury. He started this game. Not sure why. Not a very effective offense. Very poor all the way around. And the, yeah, the, the, the Bucs just clobber the Saints 26-9. Eagles get a big win against Washington Commanders 34-31. They were trailing by double digits in this game. Eagles find, uh, fight their way back. Hurts, Jalen Hurts hit uh, A.J. Brown for a couple of touchdowns. Washington scored a touchdown with no time remaining in the fourth quarter. They could have gone for two in the win. Instead, they kicked the extra point. Force overtime, where they would ultimately lose. They got the ball first, didn't score. Eagles kick a field goal, and they go on to win 34-31. Something is, va- is very wrong with the Cincinnati Bengals. The Tennessee Titans beat Cincinnati 27-3. Joe Burrow... Uh, just hounded again. Uh, his calf injury's got to be bugging him. He's got to have some other injuries. The offense is just dreadful right now. Uh, Derrick Henry, over 100 yards rushing and a touchdown and a passing touchdown in this one. Titans get the win to improve to 2-2. Two and two. Chargers get a 24-17 win over the Las Vegas Raiders. Justin Herbert uh, had three total touchdowns in this one. Did break his finger on his non-throwing hand, his left hand, after he had thrown an interception, got caught in the face mask. Aiden O'Connell had the uh, got the start for the Raiders in this one. Jimmy Garoppolo out with a concussion. He was sacked six times by Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack, what a day for the, the Chargers linebacker going against his former team. Huge right there, and they get the um, they get the 24-17 win again. Make up for uh, an issue with um, bad clock or place call selection from Brandon Staley. They just keep saving his job. Bill Belichick has coached for a while. He's got a lot of wins. He doesn't have too many losses, but no loss has ever been as bad as the one he suffered in uh, at Jerry World on Sunday. Cowboys beat him 38-3. to uh, This game was tied 3-3, and then the wheels just fell apart. Mac Jones fumbled it, was returned for a touchdown. He threw an interception that was returned for a touchdown late in the first half. The Cowboys' defense absolutely rolled the Patriots in this one. Christian McCaffrey, four touchdowns, three rushing, one receiving, 14 straight games. Is it 14 straight games now with a touchdown? I believe it is. 14 straight games with a touchdown to 13. Either way, 49ers get the win over the Cardinals, 35-16. to Solid, uh, Another big game for... Uh, Christian McCaffrey, who just continues to do amazing things, and the 49ers have scored over 30 points in each game thus far this year. Chiefs beat the Jets 23-20. to uh, Taylor Swift in attendance. Patrick Mahomes did not play a very good game, but um, used his legs late when he needed to, and the Chiefs uh, hold off the Jets for a big 23-20 win. Zach Wilson, impressive in this one for the Jets overall. Uh, here we got... Um, yeah, the, the Seahawks winning as we're recording this year. So they probably are beating going to beat the Giants on Monday Night Football. Let's go week five here. Make some picks for that. It begins Thursday Night Football with just a dreadful game on Amazon Prime. 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time. 0-4 Bears at the 2-2 Commanders. Washington's so much better than I thought they would be this year. Sam Howell's done a lot. Bears are abysmal. Taking Washington to beat Chicago. We got the Jacksonville Jaguars against the Buffalo Bills in London. 
Jaguars staying there for another week. This is a road game for them. The Bills are the home team here. 9.30 a.m. Eastern, 8.30 a.m. Central Time on the NFL Network. I'd love to say Jacksonville can get the win here. Maybe Buffalo's a little high on themselves after that win against Miami. But they're they're cruising right now. They're absolutely obliterating everyone, taking Buffalo to get the win here. Carolina Panthers at the Detroit Lions, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. Panthers' offense just isn't good. It's a work in progress progress with Bryce Young. Give me Detroit in this one to take down Carolina. Houston, Texas at the Atlanta Falcons, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. I just got done praising C.J. Stroud. No reason to not think that he won't have a great game in this one against Atlanta. But Atlanta, this is a time you got to find yourself uh, playing at home. Yeah, come on, Atlanta. It's your time. you got to get the win here. Going with the Falcons. Uh, the Tennessee Titans at the Indianapolis Colts, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. Titans have won in Indianapolis, like, what, four straight years, something like that. Until the Colts can beat Tennessee in Indy, I'm going with the Titans, rolling with King Henry and company. New York Giants at the Miami Dolphins, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. The Dolphins looking forward to getting back after uh, that loss to Buffalo. Show people really what they're all about. Giants aren't very good. Give me the Dolphins to roll in this one. New Orleans Saints at the New England Patriots, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. The Patriots have some defensive players who are going to be out. But the Saints' offense doesn't look great. I think the Patriots bounce back. Mac Jones has a big response. It's a tough defense, the Saints, but I think the Patriots get the win. Baltimore Ravens at the Pittsburgh Steelers, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. Can the Ravens really start the season with three road wins within the division? That's what they're aiming to do. I think they get it done. Uh, Kenny Pickett may not play this week. He's got a leg injury. The, The Steelers' offense is just abysmal right now. I like the Ravens to get the job done in this always intense uh, AFC North battle. Cincinnati Bengals at the Arizona Cardinals, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on Fox. The Cardinals have been playing really good, uh, really tough football this year. This is a must-win for the Bengals. I'm I'm leaning towards Arizona in this one, I'm not going to lie, but we'll go with Cincinnati, I guess, right now. Uh, I don't feel confident in that at all. Philadelphia Eagles at the LA Rams, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on Fox. It's going to feel like a home game in Philly because there will be so many Eagles fans there in LA. Uh, Rams, good luck. I don't see how you can beat the Eagles. Eagles aren't playing great right now, but they will do enough to get the win in this one. New York Jets at the Denver Broncos, 4.25 p.m. Eastern, 3.25 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Remember all those nasty things that uh, Broncos head coach Sean Payton said about Nathaniel Hackett, now offensive coordinator of the New York Jets? Well, Aaron Rodgers said, keep my coach's name out of your mouth. He's not playing in this one, but the Jets will remember, and the Jets will take it to Denver. I like the Jets to win big in this one against the Broncos. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs at the Minnesota Vikings, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Love to say that the Vikings can win this one. I think they will keep it close. Uh, That was a hard-fought win for the Jets, or for for the Chiefs against the Jets on Sunday night. Will Taylor Swift be in Minneapolis? That would be sweet. I won't be shocked if I'm talking about a win next week from the Vikings, but gotta go with the Chiefs. Until you beat them, you got to go there. Game of the week, Dallas Cowboys at the 40, San Francisco 49ers, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on NBC. Cowboys are, have been great. 49ers have been better. The 49ers will beat the Cowboys. 
I just trust their offense. I trust the defense. Give me the 49ers in this one. And then Monday Night Football, Green Bay Packers at the Las Vegas Raiders, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on ABC. I think Jordan Love bounces back. I think the the Packers get the win over the Raiders. If Aiden O'Connell's playing or Jimmy G, I just don't trust what the Raiders have going on right now. Uh, Devontae Adams will hopefully have a big game against his former team, but this game's lost its luster with, you know, no Aaron Rodgers, whatever. Give me the Raiders in this one. Seahawks, Browns, Bucks, and Chargers all on the bye this week. And those are your week five picks. Official picks and predictions can be found in the stack. Stackattack.sportsblog.com in our Football Friday post. Uh, our baseball picks again. I'm taking the Blue Jays over the Twins in three. Twins, please prove me wrong. Taking the this year in the wild card rounds. I'm taking the Rays over the Rangers in two. I'm taking the Brewers over the Diamondbacks in three. And I'm taking the Phillies over the Marlins in two. Would love to see the Marlins get the win over Philly here. Um, but that's what I'm going with. The NLDS give me the uh Dodgers over the Brewers. I'm going to take the Braves over the Phillies, but that it could be a bugaboo situation again for Atlanta. I'm taking Atlanta over the Dodgers in the NLCS. ALCS give me uh, Baltimore over Toronto. It give me Houston over Texas. Give me Houston over Baltimore. Give me a Houston-Atlanta World Series, and Atlanta wins it all. That's what I predicted at the beginning of the year, so why deviate from that? We'll go with that. So enjoy the baseball playoffs. Again, you can find the... The wildcard rounds on ABC, ESPN, ESPN2. The divisional series rounds will start later this weekend. Uh, so hopefully the Twins are playing in it. We'll talk about it all next week. Uh, we might have an NHL season preview next week already. Will we? Well, we'll talk about that. I think so. I think the season, the puck drops on the season. So we'll have to talk with Marcus about that uh, as well. See if we can get him on in the next couple weeks. So hopefully you enjoyed this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. You can find us on podcast.com. Or on archive.org if podcast isn't working, doesn't allow us to upload it. iTunes, search Sports Block. Follow me on Twitter or X at Andy Stacken. Charlie's on Twitter X at C.E. Hildebrand. Travis on Twitter X at Travis Krenz. Facebook, Nathan Stacken. Link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Enjoy the baseball playoffs. Enjoy the football this weekend. Uh, enjoy the nice fall weather that's about to hit. I'm tired of this hot weather, so looking forward to the cool weather coming in. So for all of us here at the Sports Block Podcast, for Travis and Charlie, I'm Nathan. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great rest of your week. Enjoy the playoffs. Enjoy the football. And we'll talk, be back next week to talk about it all. And then some in the stack. Uh, that's, that's the block in this for the Sports Block. So for all of us, for Charlie and Travis, I'm Nathan. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. And we'll talk to you next week on another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. I'm going to figure out how to talk now.